I feel like I should have housekeeping, but I don't have anything typed here. So, oh, uh, the dashboard, Jimmy World Show, <laughs> uh, that the week we're recording, the episode that comes out has us saying that the that that the tour was happening at all had leaked. Yeah. Um, and now the the tour dates have been announced, and those uh those tour dates are nowhere near us. Um, I guess the biggest news is the Vegas Festival when we were young. Uh, which is 65 bands in 12 hours on one day, which is going to be an interesting task yeah. for somebody to figure out. But that's that's the housekeeping, I guess, I have. Okay. Um, what, what do you got going on, Justin? We just had some work completed in our house. You know, I, as the older I get, the less I... Um the less I like other people in the house. <laughs> and not oh, like saying not friends. But I thought just, you were going to say the less you want to do things yourself. That's true. And you just hire somebody. But the, the more I'm taken out of the routine, um, and I don't get me wrong, like I, Manuel and Ivan, every day we chatted for a bit. You know, I always made sure they were cool before I left the house. They were great. Um, but just having people in your house for like four consecutive days is, I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's yeah. like... Um, so on that fourth day when they left, both Lindsay and I were just very thankful um, that the work was done. Now my part comes in. I'm actually going to rebuild uh, the closet that we had our old furnace in. We had to have it replaced and moved. Uh, I'm turning that into a – it's like a linen – not like a linen closet. It's more of a – she sews. Uh, she sews like the wind. So, now, I remember you having this conversation. So yeah. you had like a – was I thought it was a water heater, but it was like a furnace, like a yeah. – like air unit of yep, some sort forced air unit yeah that was in, there. in a closet in your living room i felt yes. like and it was loud and old and and it got to a point to where it was annoying enough to where it was like 20 plus years old it was on its last leg and it was loud uh we'd have to turn the volume up whenever it would kick on for both the air and the heat so it was like a time so we we ended up just biting the bullet and getting it replaced and and moved into the attic and all this and how do you find guys that are going to do that install for you? Reference, man. It was my brother-in-law had it done a year oh, ago. Okay, cool. So they came by and uh, and they did that work. But one and he morning, said, this is here. I don't want this here. I want <laughs> it somewhere else and, and a new one. I love professionals, man. They said no problem. We'll do it, and they took care of it in the exact amount of time they t- they said. I mean, there That's was no. So extra. Tight. I know. I loved it. We I even feel got. Like I don't them. do anything in the time I say I'm going to do. <laughs> well, we'll see how long it takes me to rebuild this closet. We got right. them. So um, now you've got an empty, ripped out closet. Yeah, and you're like, which I'll I got to finish. That, it's got yeah, it's got uh, popcorn in there. I got to scrape off. I'm going to redo yeah. all the um, the drywall and all that stuff. But one day, uh, Lindsay said, "Hey, let's go get them some donuts." So she went and got some donuts, and uh, we got them some like a uh, chocolate bars, maple bars, so stuff that's easy. And I uh-huh. thought of you guys because there was an old fashioned in there. I was going to. Oh, good. The old fashioned is good. The yeah. chocolate maple bars sound terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it reminds me of this. It's like this. Story that's hard for me to remember, but it was way back in the day when I would hang out with my grandma at her house, and she brought this treat out from the fridge, and I ate it, and I was like, this is so good, and it was like a donut, and I couldn't remember what it was, so like 10 or 15 years later, I tried to figure out what this thing was, and I saw these things uh, that were in the display case, and I said, let me try that, and the guy gave it to me, and I ate it, and it had like this, it was like whipped cream inside it was yeah. not what i wanted it's like no nah, this this looks like what i need but i'm still on the search and uh so then i went across the street to vaughn's and uh i asked around i think i've either asked my mom 
Oh, and she goes, I know exactly what you mean. You need to go to the the, uh, the deli and ask them. It's going to be refrigerated. So I went and asked them. I said, do you guys have this? It kind of looks like this thing I got from the donut shop across the street. And they said, oh, yeah, sure, dude. Um, here, try this. This is an eclair. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. I love that in this story, you're <laughs> clueless as to what an eclair is. <laughs> I thought, I can't remember... I'm, I might have even ordered an eclair, and it was not the kind with, like, the pudding inside. I wanted uh, the kind with the pudding gross. inside, man. The custard. Oh, Come God. on. Gross. What are you talking about? I don't want the one with, I, with I the whipped I talk about cream. gross. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But oh. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you found your long, uh, your long missing eclair. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just weird, because I remember I, I ate it there, and it was – it wasn't – that was all I remember was the me biting into it and that custard or pudding being in there and it's yeah. like this is so good and never being able to find it again. And then when I started the search, I I ran in. I honestly ran into that whatever whatever the the fluffy center equivalent of an eclair is. I don't know if that's an eclair with like a mousse inside it or what. But it was right. like this is not what I want. This isn't what I want. That's funny. That I, I do love solving those life mysteries. Yes. I just had this. Uh, I just had this happen with Susie. We're watching and just like that on HBO, the sequel series to Sex and the City. Yeah. And there's this amazingly beautiful woman on the show, and uh, the actress's name is Nicole Ari Parker. And I was like, God, where do I know this girl from? She's beautiful, and she's been in Boogie Nights, and Remember the Titans, Blue Streak, like all movies that I just don't know well enough to be like, Ah, yes, that's what I know her from. But of course, when I was 11, I saw some movie on Skinamax one night, <laughs> and I didn't remember her from this. This is just me looking up this beautiful woman's IMDb while watching it just like that. Uh-huh. And she was in a movie I, I thought I dreamed up forever because I misremembered. Now, remember, I'm 11. I thought Stacey Dash was in this movie. And I remembered the opening scene, and that's all I remembered about the movie, which was it was the first time I'd ever seen lesbians in my life. Uh-huh. And uh, the the opening scene is about a girl and her partner hooking up, but the girl's parents come home or something, and one of the girls has to run out the house, and she runs out the house topless. And it was like the greatest thing. It was like <laughs> it seemed like an elevate. Like it sounds like I said Skinamax, but it seems like more elevated, especially for like 1995. And right. it's a movie called. And I always remembered how obs- insane the name was. It's called The Incredibly True Adventures of Two Girls in Love. And I always remember. And I was like, I always used to always tell my friends, "Oh, I saw Stacy Dash topless in this movie," <laughs> and I, I, it was like that title so long, I didn't get it exactly right, and I could never find that movie that it ever existed for real. And it does, it does exist. So I totally solved one of life's mysteries like, just the other day. <laughs> I love that because of this. Yeah, well, it's one less thing that that uh, you know, it not like it haunts you, but every now and again, you're like, "Oh, I want to figure that out one day." Yeah. in the back of your mind. And it's yep. so nice to have you one of those. Never forget it. Done. Yeah. Yep. It lives rent-free in yep. the back of my head. Yeah. Uh so the song is Eclair. <laughs> uh now what did I do? I gave myself a note. Oh, this is a Richard E. Birch track. Okay, okay. Um, and uh let's see. What did I link to here? Oh, it does have an ASCAP entry. Mostly I found that Richard E. Birch is uh the tax shelter this is filed under. Um, uh, it is uh, from Static Prevails. And there's a Call It In The Air cassette maxi single, according to Discogs. Or it's called Static Prevails pre-release, 
Um, and I found that on the old web archive of Jimmy Eat World's site from 2003. Oh. And it's the same artwork and everything as the Call It In The Air cassette maxi single that it says on Discogs. Um, but uh, it's like, it, we've talked about it before. It, it, the artwork is like one of those um, Dutch candle fans. Uh, and like, yeah, the it's wooden like a photo ones. of, yep, it's a photo of that. And then like cut out, handwritten on paper and then cut out is Jimmy Eat World, Call It In The Air, Rockstar Claire in 17 on a cassette tape that is uh, professionally pressed. Um, on the backside, it's like a little promo for Static Prevails. It has the album artwork uh, superimposed over a picture of what looks like Zach's kick drum a, on a silver kit. Um, kind of an interesting piece. Um, slip cover promo single. Both sides have same four songs. Um, and on the web archive, what did it say on the Wayback Machine on the Jimmy Eat World website? Uh, nothing of note. Um, mostly because the link that it took me to is not... Let me go to discography. <laughs> Even though you save the link, yeah, it's like the link doesn't... Oh, this is like the type of website where uh, everything's in a container. So, like, the web... The URL doesn't change as you navigate through the site. Ah, yes. You can... Yeah, I figure you knew what that meant. Um, yeah. Well, it's in a frame, uh, Here it is, yeah. Static <laughs> Prevails pre-release, release date 96. Notes, pre-release four-song cassette. But it's the same four songs. Call It In The Air, Rockstar, Claire 17. Um, and uh, I do wonder... I think we... I think we've talked about it, but does this version of 17, is this the... No, it's no, because it's I think not. we came across, either we asked somebody, we uh-huh. asked them, or we came across a copy of it, something right. that was like, oh, this... Maybe it was like pressed on uh, YouTube or like digitized to YouTube or something. Yeah, I want to say we came across it and it was... Um, I, I, was this the well, same one we was, were looking oh, on that... you know that, what I think uh, we came across is the Jimmy Eat World Less Than Jake split which is Rockstar, Call It In The Air, and 17. And we were like, is this version of 17? <laughs> um, was it? Wait, and what was about the Surge compilation? Was that? Oh, that's not on Jimmy Eat World's website here. But, do you remember that uh, when we looked at that, I do, the 12 yeah, Surge that, songs? We did find that it was not yeah. the demo. Right. So uh, we uh, live to search yeah. again. Um, so uh, it's track three on both Static Prevails and this maxi single, three of 12 for Static Prevails, three of four for the single, uh, released July 23rd, 1996, produced by Mark Trombino, Wes Kidd, and Jimmy Eat World, with Craig Aronson serving as the executive producer, according to Jimmy Eat Wiki. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He did executive produce this. And probably because he was the guy that signed them to Capitol and, uh, he was probably like, let me make sure they don't fuck this up because um, <laughs> my name is on it. Uh, it was recorded at Sound City uh, in Los Angeles and Big Fish in Encinitas, California. Big Fish where um, Blink-182 went on to record Dude Ranch the following year uh, with Mark Trombino. Um, writing credits, Jimmy Eat World. Artist is Jimmy Eat World. Okay, I wrote Singer. Jim and Tom. Now, everywhere that I've seen, it's just Jim. Right. But he does sound different in verse one and verse two to me. Um, uh, because both on Wikipedia, it says that it's Jim. And Consequence of Sound 
has that article where it uh, rates how Jimmy Eat World is this record. And this is the Tom Eats World 2 section of that article for Static Prevails. As if taking a note from fans and ultimately tour mates Blink-182, Jimmy Eat World splits the workload straight down the middle between their two respective vocalists. Rockstar, 17, Episode 4, Caveman, and Robot Factory are Lintons. <laughs> Claire, Digits, World is Static, In the Same Room, and Anderson Mesa are Adkinses. And they more or less both shout sing, thinking that's all, and call it in the air. So, again, that just shows that I am a fake fan. And uh, I uh, I was just like, I, I couldn't tell in the first verse and second verse that it was the same person. Well, we can listen to it. I uh, I didn't notice a difference. Maybe I... It might have been on my first listen while okay. I was just filling this out that I thought that. But I may have just chalked it up to all the stuff that's on Static Prevails is... Um, it, it just, Jim does sound different more yeah. nasally and so i thought maybe that's what it was and i just yeah, kind of early like gym. brushed yeah. it aside um featuring on this track west kid for sure it says acoustic guitar but i don't hear acoustic guitar on this so right sure i couldn't hear either that exists um lynn's uh, i found this on uh um wikipedia i want to say yep that uh uh Oh, Lynn's ex-girlfriend. I told you Tom you Lynn's did, and that, that's what threw Lynn's me off. Lynn's ex-girlfriend, right. Sarah Pont. Wow, played violin. And Mark Trombino contributed to the Moog synthesizer, contributed on the Moog synthesizer. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I guess I just uh, skimmed over Lynn's and, and told myself in my head, Linton. So uh, Zach Lynn's ex-girlfriend, Sarah Pont, played violin on this. Again, I don't hear it. I hear the Moog, but that's about it. Um <laughs> Label is Capitol Records. It is a Do I Get a Pickle with That uh, song, um, pu- published uh, publishing house. It was played 37 times according to setlist.fm. Most was 12 times in 1999, uh, uh, and of which I think I have every performance of. There's so much 1999 video of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and this song. Uh, and one time by Jim Adkins recorded uh, September 17th, 2009 at Modified Arts. Uh, first time... The band played it in concert, according to Setlist FM, was November 12th, 1998 at Hardback Cafe in Gainesville, Florida. And most recently, July 30th at the Metro in Chicago um, of just last year, 2021. Notable high notes of B flat four and G sharp four. What interesting notes. Right. No notable low notes written for this. Listeners on uh, Last FM, 60.7 thousand. 212.2 thousand scrabbles, six of which are from me. How many do you have? Ah, uh, I've got 26. Oh, wow. Look at you. Look at me. Um, and finally, we'll talk about the structure. Twinkly guitars abound on Oh, this my one. goodness, and yes. I thought it sounded a little bit like Rockstar, a little bit like Caveman. Um, it definitely fits the sonic palette of Static Prevails. Uh, it is a A-flat major key. Uh, 4B cam lot, 82 BPM, 340 duration. Bill Martin from uh, Fake Yellow Light has his tabs uh, that are available from the old website, remember? Oh, yeah. That, uh, this fan was able to put their uh, their tabs were, like, welcome on the on the website. So, uh, uh, yeah. Check Billy that out, yeah. World at AltaVista.com. Drop D. And, uh, drop D, yep. And uh, so there are the tabs, and we'll get to tabs later. Um, I made a thing for this episode. And then finally, this is a bit of a clip. It, again, 
and what is this? It might be two weeks in a row. Zach on the Big Fat Five podcast talks specifically about this song and recording the drums to it, uh, both recording them and arranging them. So he talks about how he approached arranging the drums once he learned how to record them. So I'm going to give you this link here. I got it. uh, Go ahead and play this. I did edit it a little bit for time, but it's still very long. Okay, great. And this is the Big Fat Five ZL. Yep. Here we go. Is that a staple in your live set? It's not. But to me, like, that's my favorite song on the album. And the reason why I kind of chose that was um, Static Prevails was our first major label album. And and there were circumstances that came up to where we had to record the album in two different sessions. The first session we go in and, again, I'm loading in my drums into Sound City, which is like this... At the time, I knew it was in a rad studio, but at the time, I don't think I truly appreciated the history of that place. So we're we're, yeah. we're we're in this amazing studio, historic, and loading and stuff. And like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This is like the first time we've ever made a record that was like expensive or that wasn't just like money we scrounged around to go to like the some dude's digital studio in Phoenix somewhere. Long story short, I, I really struggled in that first um, session. And I wasn't able to play to the click. Um, I'd never really tried to play to a click before. Um, we literally, the way we made those first, that the, we, the, the way we got through that first session was Trombino had a 57 in the control room with the pencil and he tapped on it and I would play with it. And that's what I could kind of get away with. And I left that, I left that session really dejected, even though I feel like we got good enough parts like man that sucks like i don't want to have to i don't want to be a liability in the studio i don't want to be in the i don't want to be the dude in the studio that's like dragging the process down and making it longer and harder and more tedious so um trombino just said hey like go home and play to a click and get used to playing these songs to a click and come back and and in december we'll do it we'll do we'll, we'll, we'll do it better so claire was one of the songs that was in the second batch and it was kind of the first moment for me where i when I listened to it back and I heard everyone put all the other stuff on it and the song was done, it was like the first uh, signal to me is like, Hey dude, all you need to do is be solid. And there, it, it makes the song feel so much better for me. When I heard that finished and hearing it back, it was the, it was like the first time where I realized, Oh, that's, I need to like do more of that. I need to be less worried about like, you know, tricky little things and do more of like just the kind of meat and potatoes where you're playing a basic thing, but the part feels so much better. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and then I also just love that song and I think we should play it more live. Um, I agree. <laughs> I'd love to re-record that because I listened to it and I'm like, man, I'm just fucking drilling the cymbals so hard. <laughs> the cymbals are super bright. Um, everything about the drum kit. I mean, it sounds fine, but I'd be like, Back then, I wasn't in. I wasn't the person. I wasn't the architect of my sound. I was letting other people decide what the sound was because I didn't know any better, right? And I, I thought I, I'd, I'd hear it and I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, let's play. You know, and I wasn't really thinking about it. So it'd be cool to redo that and like, you know, dial it in. Back then, we were just figuring things out. You know, we were, we didn't really know what we were doing. We're like, oh, this sounds cool. You know, we, we, Claire is a good example of like one of the earlier songs where it's pretty simple, you know, all the way through and um, um, where it's like almost the melody and um, the more s- 
subtle elements can be executed well and you have this more impactful outcome. This song's a good example of in that verse when you do kind of go to the symbols. I'm assuming you're just doing eighth notes, you know, do, do, ka, do. And the tambourines do in the 16th notes behind yeah. you it, yeah, in, the, right. in the mix. It's, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's, it's allowed a drummer, when you try and think in that context, it, to, to, to be less cluttered. If you go, okay, I want to go because when I'm playing it, my body wants me to go to higher subdivisions. But if I just relax, I know that in post, they're going to add the auxiliary percussion and that's going to kind of push the song forward. My default is less subdivisions. Like, so like I will, you know, if I can, um, a lot of the stuff lately in the last few albums, there's, there's like a lot of songs where I'm not even doing a consistent thing on my right hand. So if I can get away with doing less subdivisions, it does make it hard to record because when you're not when you're not doing that regular subdivision with a hand, it like makes it harder to play in the pocket because you really rely mm-hmm. on that to, to kind of get you through it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's like, it, can I do less? And, um, and then when I do more, it's going to say, Oh, that's cool. The huge energy boost. He's doing, he's doing eights on the hi hat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And we're always, you know, um, at times, yeah, we will rely on on percussion to do that. Sometimes I will, will I'll do a lot of like I do a lot of ghost notes on parts to if I want a part to feel like it's more, um, if I just need to in, inject some energy into the part of a song, I'll I'll use that's kind of like I'll use ghost notes to kind of give it that um, almost like you know manic crazy energy that sometimes parts need. So I know it was a long clip, but man, does Zach love this song. <laughs> Yeah, it's his favorite song on the album. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, I couldn't resist when I was looking for it. Obviously, I was finding a bunch of clips of them talking about clarity as I was searching phonetically. But um, this was good, so good that uh, I, uh, I... I'm glad you included all of it. This is good. Yeah. Um, and that's edited down. If you want to hear right. the whole thing, Big Fat Five uh, with Zach Lind. Uh, shall we get into lyrics, sir? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Now, for you, did you watch Lost at all? No, nope. you did, right? You didn't? No, I watched oh. the first episode and I noped uh, right out of that thing. Okay. So, whenever I hear this track, um, so aside from Kate and Sawyer's epic kiss, there's another thing that I remember vividly from Lost, and it's uh, Claire Littleton's character. And I think she was, uh, I want to say she was from New Zealand or somebody else was from New Zealand, but they said Claire. Claire. So, Claire. So, anytime I see this track title, I think of Claire. I can't say Claire. Um, but it's one of those things that I always say in my head when I see it. Um, now, having said all that, let's jump into the lyrics here. Uh, I like these and lyrics. And I'm going to read this, the lyrics that they posted to the old site and see how different it is from wherever. Right. Where'd you get yours? Uh, Genius? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So the hint we have here is uh, the, the song title uh, is a female's name, Clea. So think of Claire as we go through these uh, these lyrics line by line. So in verse one, we'll do it. We'll break it up in half. One chance to show your face, this one shot, all you get. And it sounds like this individual's pumping themselves up. Uh, and maybe this is uh, his first meeting and his first impression. Uh, one, you know, I think of <laughs> this. This reads to me uh, a lot like. Marshall Mathers, a little bit of the Eminem there. One shot, do not miss your chance to blow. Sure, yeah. But yeah, one chance to show your face, this one shot, all you get. Uh, pass by your one good thing, lift your head back, shoot and chase. With these two lines, I envision a basketball move in slow-mo. 
I mean, it's, it's kind of specific, but after the juke, like let's say you pause, lift your head back to look at the basket, and then shoot. So that's what I'm envisioning here is pass your one good thing, the defense, your move. Oh, uh, interesting. Lift your head back, shoot, and then the the last part of this and chase is I think that could mean maybe they're chasing the ball as if it were a bad shot or it could mean chasing this person. I'm envisioning all of this just because talking. we were just talking uh, about Darren Doan Right and the music video for Lucky Denver Mint. Yeah, and, and I wonder how much of it was the the boys wanting to be kind of like goofballs doing these these outdoor sports. But I think that they're sort of they wanted to give off that underdog uh, mentality, and so that's what I'm kind of gathering here with this: is lift your head back, shoot and chase. Uh, it could be like chasing the ball. It could be uh, you've you've shot your uh, chance and uh, it missed, but you want to go pick it back up. Could yeah. be, that, that, and that's a very, it's a very specific. And I'm not a lyricman, so I'm I'm right. uh, I'm going with you on this. So I my interpretation was uh, one chance to show your face. Um, uh, this one shot is all you get. Like just like you said, first line is fine. And I do think I think you might be right. It's a little bit of word played with the shot. One shot, all you get, and then shoot and chase. But my interpretation was you're taking a shot and chasing it with like a beer or something. So it's like pass by your one good thing. Oh yeah. Uh, like maybe I'm the one good thing in your life. Uh, lift your head back, shoot and chase is take a shot. And you've ignored me. You've ignored me by passing me and you're lifting your head. You're taking a shot and you're, you're drinking your sorrows away. And apparently I'm one of those sorrows, even though I'm the one good thing in your oh, life. Now, okay. I don't know how that relates to, one chance to show your face. This one is all you get. Like maybe he had an argument with Claire um, <laughs> and, uh, and he's daring her to apologize. And this is the only chance she gets to apologize. And she ignored him and went and drank her sorrows away. Ah, okay. That's valid. I mean, I like that too. I didn't but even I do think like about that whole shot, your head shoot, back, shoot, word play. Yeah. Um, I like, like it. it sounds like what I'm interpreting, but what it really is, is more like what you're saying. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think with either of our uh, perceptions of how that verse goes, I think it's kind of the same thing as there's missed opportunity there. Uh, and then we go into the pre-chorus. Never, uh, never hear you laugh like that. So full, not since you were nine. And I think that he's taken aback by her personality. He's got all these thoughts in his head and she'll never know they exist. This pre-chorus to me seems like a conversation in his in his head. Just like looking at her, staring at her, uh, you know, intently and in his mind, even though he has this half smile is, you know, thinking to himself, I never hear you laugh like that. So full, not since you were nine. So apparently they've known each other for a while, too. Not since you were nine. If they are, in fact, shooting, let's say they're at a bar uh, having drinks or shooters, they're obviously it's been at least at the very least, it's been 12 years since that moment. So. Then it goes into the chorus, unsettled, severing, always severing old ties. One last goodbye may last the rest of your life. Woo. Uh, And I think what they're saying here is maybe he has a self-destructive tendency. If he doesn't play his cards right, this could be it. Uh, This could be the end. It sounds like two people that, but maybe like how you were saying, he's giving her one chance to apologize or come clean. Um, but whatever it, it sounds like, this is uh, either he's had a history of ruining things uh, for whatever reason. This is their last 
opportunity here. Always severing old ties. One last goodbye may last the rest of your life. This could be the end. So one last goodbye. Uh, this could be the last goodbye of our relationship. I'll, I, I know that I'm never going to speak to you again. You're going to go to the East Coast. I'm going to go to the West Coast. We're going to sever our ties. Um, but that whole always severing old ties thing makes me think like he's got a problem with breaking things off, potentially. Yeah. So then we go into verse two. Learn your restricted ropes. Paint a cross on your left hand. That's the one line that I remember from this track vividly is paint yeah, a cross. Yeah, everybody loves this line. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think I saw a couple of images that refer back to that. Uh, so learn your restricted ropes. Paint a cross on your left hand. I think this is like... Uh, say, knowing your role, knowing your limits. And I think painting a cross could be either one of two things. It could be asking for a little help or faith in this venture. Or it's, I, I think of maybe being in grade school, in elementary, and just drawing on your hand with a ballpoint pen. And just kind of like the the adolescent part of it, paint a cross on your left hand is maybe a reference back to them being adolescent like when they were nine um, or it could be a religious thing, like painting a cross on your left hand. I couldn't find anything online that specifically said, oh, really? It, uh, were you able to find anything? Yeah, and it's so much so that the that the one the the one person that notated this on Genius had the same thought I did. And this is Crocodile Gemus 10, uh-huh. um, created five years ago. People at concerts who are too young to drink alcohol were, oh. or are marked with a cross on their hands. No, it I was, thought that was the X's, man. Uh, I guess well, that's straight edge. X can be an, uh, a yeah, cross. Yeah, okay. All right. So or it was continue. also used as a symbol for straight edge themselves who voluntarily don't drink alcohol, among other things. Um, okay. Good. It, it might be a regional thing. Like maybe that's how they referred to it in Phoenix or something. Okay. It didn't seem too out of sorts to me. Um but yeah, like don't people like when they grip a rosary, uh, like I feel like um, like I think of uh, uh, what was that Dan Brown book that everybody was reading? The Secret? Years ago? Uh, no, did, no, oh, <laughs> it was Dan, sorry. Um, uh, a Dan Da Vinci Brown. Code. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of like Catholic uh, symbolism in that. Anyway, I always think of the rosary uh beads and okay. every time somebody's gripping rosary beads i always feel like the cross is on the back of their hand so is it somebody got a tattoo of rosary but i i immediately went to con uh, i immediately went to straight edge and then i was like oh interesting the concert where you're too drunk too young to drink alcohol or you're straight edge either way you're abstaining from alcohol directly contrasts the lift your head back shoot and chase so is this somebody um uh who is drowning themselves in alcohol one night and then uh, swearing off alcohol the next day? Learn your restricted ropes. I'm not sure what they what they mean by that. How that plays into the paint across on your left hand, but it that's the second second verse has the same drinking imagery. I feel like or okay, all right, related I, drinking imagery. You know, when I did my searching, I think I was I was stuck on the actual cross. But when you kind of when you Describe it as, like, hey, a cross could be an X. It could actually be a cross. You're right, that there was, um, and I think this was reading in uh, Eric Grubb's book, and they they con- they go over that, especially with, um, I don't know, it wasn't it wasn't Danzig. We were just talking about Danzig. Um, it was uh, Fugazi. And yep. just talking about how sometimes they, they would play straight-edge shows, and these people would come in, and it was a thing that it, not... 
not just that they they would paint that these X's on their hand that showed like I'm not going to drink or do any drugs or anything, but it was kind of like this this um, like a group that followed the band for that exact reason, and uh huh, you know, and it kind of it set a it set a tone for the attendance of who was going to go see Fugazi. Uh, that's what I remember reading when I read that book. Um, but and they this did go- is our last song of Dry January. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I think it is. Yes. So restricted ropes could mean like, uh, um, you know, when you're when you're learning something new, you're fresh. Like, oh, I'm learning the ropes, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There so you go. Restricted ropes could mean maybe they are younger than 21, and the ropes are you're you're going through and getting drunk, and this is too early to be learning this. You're learning these restricted ropes. Uh, you need to be painting a cross on your left hand like we did when we went to that show, and you couldn't show them your ID, so they marked you as underage. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to amend that. So instead of a little help, uh, it could mean that they are, this is a reference to uh, alcohol and maybe being at a show. I'm glad you brought that in. Yeah. Um, and then the second half of this verse is, one good thing signed away, and with it your only hope. Uh, I think he's in for it. He's devoted. Uh, and he's putting all of his effort into this. Uh, one good thing signed away, uh, and with it your only hope. Uh, and then the pre-chorus, attention focused on today, so quiet slip behind my back. I think his nerves are starting to get the best of him now. And so quiet slip behind my back. She sneaks up on him figuratively. Or it could be literally where so quiet you just kind of come up and, and spook me from behind, slip behind my back. Um, or... So quiet, slipping behind my back. Maybe she is having another drink. And he's so focused on today that uh, in her mind, maybe she's thinking, I'm, I'm going to break this. I'm going uh, to get off the wagon, if that yeah. is, in fact, what it is. Uh, and then, okay, the chorus again. And then the bridge. Uh, one-way trip can work both ways. And loose ends kept untied make better friends. The things you buy may someday leave you. Uh, and maybe this is that uh, that typical internal monologue that uh, that Jim does so well with bridges. But I'm thinking what this uh, these lines are saying is that this, this guy could be talking himself out of it, maybe, as in she can make an effort too, and he's coming to that realization. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe things went poorly for him, and they'll just remain friends forever. Um, and the last line, the, the things you buy may someday leave you. Uh, physical items can waste away. His feelings will not, whether or not they're together or separate those feelings um, will remain, right? So I don't know if he's saying this to her. Hey, look, this is a two-way street, um, and loose ends kept untied make better friends. Maybe that's that point where he's saying, maybe we should just remain friends, and the feelings that I have for you are going to remain the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, and the last, this last one, the outro here, uh, can you say full ride? I still see you. Can you say... I still see you. Can you say full ride? I still see you around. Can you say around? So kind of a, a variation on those lines, adding in a word, removing a word here. Yeah. And I think this is, if this is literal, though, so full ride, I think most people think of college, right? If this is literal, maybe she's going off to college, and that's what they're doing is they're spending one last night in town, and he had this opportunity to say something to her, and she wants to be this, um, you know, this this wild this butterfly that just wants to fly away. You can't catch her, right? Maybe that's what her excitement is about. Um, she gets to move away, and he's maybe feigning happiness here. Or, if it's figurative, 
is she willing to commit? You could think of full ride as are you in? Are you all the way in? Are you willing to commit to this of us being a thing? Um, either way, though, uh, he never got his chance to say just how much she meant to him and that he wanted something more that by the end. So uh, I think this is just a if you want to incorporate booze into it, maybe it could be about that. It just seems like missed opportunity by the end by going uh, through those last few lyrics. So either asking this girl to be his and missing that opportunity or trying to change her mind about her actions and and really failing at that. Either way, it's um, it's kind of a sad tone but not out of uh jimmy eat world's wheelhouse right they, oh they yeah write a totally good, a good heartfelt song so that's what i'm thinking these lyrics mean before we jump into track notes should we see what our friend thomas adam thomas heap thinks yes. these lyrics mean in relation to his rock opera theory uh for static prevail so i have queued up to Please. 17 minutes in the static prevails rock opera post and uh, I believe he posted maybe a revision or an update to Reddit in text form. I don't know if you pulled that. I ended up. I not did. Yeah. Going okay. There. I have that up. So. Um, so why don't we'll listen to this and then maybe we can reference that. Okay. Um, so this is uh, another <laughs> a bit of a clip. Um, it's uh, looks like it's possibly three minutes where he starts to talk about Claire and then he gets to the song Claire after a minute of this. So, okay. Uh, here we go. Claire is one of our characters in the Static Prevails rock opera. Tally-ho, everybody. So if we, if we go through this album, Jim Adkins sings the, the lines for the the, the the guy, and Tom Linton provides the the, the thoughts of the, uh, the girl Claire and her family and her friends. So keep that in mind as we go through. So Rockstar, what's mine is yours. You're looking good. You're looking to find a fight. I'm the stranger here, you know. Can't you understand that things always work out my way today? So these two are meeting, and she likes him, and she wants and supposedly, him. supposedly, rock star is from Claire's point of view. could not take it back from you. She's seeing him, and she, she's basically uh-huh. falling in love, and she knows she can't push him out of her head. So, story so far, got this guy who likes to go from place to place, and we've got this character who likes this guy and wants to keep hold of him. You're still tentative, I know, I know. <laughs> Remain with me. And then we move on to the song Claire. Learn your restricted ropes. That's an important line. Paint across in your left hand. One good thing signed away and with it your only hope. This is where I see the guy trying to entice Claire into his way of life. Learn your restricted ropes. The restricted ropes that keep you tied at home whereas he can go from place to place and do whatever he wants. Go do whatever. One good thing signed away and with it your only hope, which could refer to the freedom the freedom from those restrictive ropes. Attention focused on today, so quiet, slipped behind my back, unsettled, severing, always severing old ties. One last goodbye may last the rest of your life. So those are important lines. Severing old ties, one last goodbye, one last goodbye may last the rest of your life. That's him saying, sever the old ties and come with me, say bye to them, you might not come back. So this is the song where he's basically trying to convince Claire, convince Claire, the one who's fallen in love with him. Yeah, okay, if you like me, you have to come with me. One way trip can work both ways and loose ends kept untied make better friends. The things you buy may someday leave you. 
again, that refers to the idea of looking on what she's got now, where she's restricted. She's in this place, her home, this house where she she can't escape. Loose ends kept untied make better friends. That's referred to himself. He's just a man of loose ends. And he thinks he makes better friends. So that is Claire, where these two are discussing. He's trying to convince her to come with her. And then call it in the air. Okay, so that, that. Is, okay. Uh, so that bit. First... So mm-hmm. he, he does have about, uh, I guess a little bit more... Some of the lines, kind of like I do, are annotated. Um, essentially, he's gone over what he... He did expand a little bit on what he said in that video. Uh, the one thing that I didn't really mention specifically that he did, uh, that Thomas Adam, Adam Thomas Heap had mentioned, was, um, I still see you around, that line, at the very, very end. And uh, he's saying, after all of this meeting, he openly admits that. Since they last dated, he too has struggled to get her out of his mind. He too is in love. Um which he kind of alluded to with this whole um you come with me this is my this is your last chance to come live this crazy life with me on the road uh, but i i liked that one the the most here so anyway yeah there sweet. there's yeah, pretty much the same stuff on reddit sweet mate yeah. all right track notes like i said Zach Lind loves this song i <laughs> uh, jumped over to twitter and July 23rd, 2021, when they were uh, doing a live tweet, listen along. Uh, Claire, one of our best songs we've ever done, in my opinion. This song was pretty formative for us, showing we can be simple with basic arrangement and make something cool. Shows Jim huge vocal strides at the time. Hashtag Jimmy Eat World. Then he says, we should play this song live more. And uh, there's another tweet number two where he says this ending man all the feels claire jimmy Eat world and uh big garibaldo uh says jim's ringing out last note is so good yeah um did you see this review from michigan daily online by colin bartos that name does not ring a bell no september 13th 1996 this michigan online uh rock and roll with jimmy eat world it's not a very long article but this is uh what he says about claire the song claire which definitely sounds like texas is the reason rocks out and then mellows to a hushed roar with a violin in the background can we listen to the outro of this song yep (laughs) you want to (laughs) yes okay because i mean everybody talks about the outro and supposedly the violins in the outro? What? Okay, from three minutes on, we'll listen to 40 seconds here. Sounds great. I couldn't hear it, man. Nah. Nah, I just hear the feedback. Yep. I think I'll, that part also kind of sounds like Take It Back Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, a couple blurbs, yep. other blurbs from that Consequence of Sound article. There's also a sense of lonely sweetness that could permeate everything the band touched from here on out. Choice lyrics from the majestic Claire. One last goodbye may be the last, uh, may last the rest of your life. Um, and then blurb number two, Tom Eats World 2. I already talked about this, so um, that is the consequence of sound blurbs. Do you have any track notes? Uh, I did. I came across a couple of articles. Uh, one from 25yearslatersite.com. <laughs> Interesting. I have very they specific. They just list right? things that happened 25 years ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. I love this uh, site. Film, music, podcast, TV, all this. Oh, you know, a TV obsessive is Twin Peaks. So, yeah, they got some good stuff on oh. here. This article is titled, Jimmy World Static Prevails Holds Up 25 Years Later by Andrew Grievous, six months ago. Nice. There are some moments in life we don't forget in that day. That moment when my friend skipped directly to the third track and played Claire for me for the first time was oh, one of those moments. That's cool. There was more of an angst on Static Prevails than there was on Clarity. It was less polished, louder, and had this genuineness about it. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't the pretty opus-like album that Clarity would be. It felt like a diary set to music. It sounded more like other emo giants of the time, such as Sunny Day Real Estate, Texas is the Reason, and even American Football at times. To an impressionable 16-year-old who was getting more in touch with his artistic side, it was instantly captivating and eye-opening at the same time. This is what rock music could sound like, loud, vulnerable, and relatable. There's a longer article about other... um, Oh, he does actually talk a little bit more about Claire. Claire, simply by virtue of its lyrical content, is a song designed to take you back to a time and a place and the people you experience those moments with. It's a song about remembering that only takes on greater significance with the passing of time. Listening to that song today inevitably gets a slideshow of faces and memories running through my head, the people and times that shaped my most influential years. It's strangely a comforting feeling. So that was Andrew Grievous. Ian Uh, Cohen, in uh, February of 2021, wrote the best Jimmy Eat World songs ranked. Um, This is for Up Rocks, for the indie mixtape uh beat uh here's a little bit of the blurb for the article uh this quality has remained in jimmy world's music as they've held nearly every conceivable status in the 25 years since 1996's static prevails became arguably the first major label emo album ever released they've been widely underappreciated and utterly inescapable critically scorned and later canonized often with the same album beset by a slow steady drift into midlife crises lumped onto tours with alt-rock has-beens, and then rejuvenated as elder statesmen of an entire (laughs) genre. That is quite the sentence. So, let's see. Uh, Where do you think they ranked this? They they ranked 30 30 top Jimmy Eat World songs. And uh, Zach, uh, here's Zach's tweet response about it. Big props to Ian for that Claire ranking. I'd still put it higher but glad to see it get some love. So out of 30 spots. Out of 30 spots. And Zach on is saying list. it could be higher. I'm going to say, ah, let's go with seven. Oh, and, uh, no. That's probably where Zach would put it. It's, it. It landed at number 12. And oh, here okay. is what Ian had to say about Claire. Long before Jimmy Eat World defined the major, the sound of major label emo, they were simply the first emo band on a major label. And Claire does indeed sound like a more polished version of what was happening throughout Texas uh, and the Midwest at the time. A sweeter, lighter take on sunny day real estate. Well thought out twinkles. Com- uh 
co-mingling with distorted octave chords, unabashedly plaintive vocals straining to sell lyrics about faith and girls and faith in girls into poetic abstractions. One-way trip can work both ways. Loose ends keep untied. Uh, kept untied make better friends Atkins sings before the priceless coda mm-hmm. i don't know exactly what he means by can you say full ride but it was probably about long distance relationships in college that's what i was thinking uh at least that's what i assumed while i was in a long distance like an hour away relationship in college <laughs> coming after a song literally titled rockstar Claire confirms not just where Jimmy Eat World were at in 1996, but where they'd go soon after. It's Jimmy Eat World's first arena rock moment, and that last time, and the last time they sounded even remotely hesitant about embracing such things, uh, which I think is a really cool blurb, and I love yeah. that it got ranked yeah. that high. Um, and uh, the last bit of note I have is we have a. <laughs> my favorite uh, segment, Jimmy Eat Pod Theater, uh, <laughs> where we read from the Mike Glita, yeah, okay, uh, Scott Waldman article. So I'm going to copy and paste this uh, into uh, this is number five, Claire. Now, what is the what do we have context here? Jimmy World have quite a few perfect LPs. It was difficult to rank them, so it's ranked. Um, but I had to, uh, but I had help from artist manager slash former census fail bassist, Mike Glita. We have agreed at first on said list, but we were able to meet in the middle. We have agreed at first on said, I don't get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, they, they agreed on what, what was the number one record, but everything else is kind of okay. So anyway, okay. this is it. Number five static prevails. I'm going to copy and paste the script over to you, Justin. Would yes, you like please. to be? Scott Waldman or um, Mike Glita? I, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you the parenthetical. I'm going to be Mike Glita. Sweet. All right, ready? Uh, so Jimmy World Static <laughs> Prevails 1996 at number five. An old bandmate gave me a copy of this record in the late 90s. It was raw, real, and rough around the edges. Claire was the first Jimmy World song that I had ever heard. It remains one of my favorites. Did you get her number? How do you dem apples? Looks at you confused. Maybe you didn't hear me. World is static. Static prevails. It always does. I prevail. Blank face. <laughs> what a weird. I feel like we read that script. Before. We have. We Whatever. most certainly have. It That's was the, the whole uh, how do you dim apples. That's right. <laughs> that was what tipped me off. Um, oh, I, I just happened to have this uh, Zach Lynn uh, post about the Claire ranking. Uh-huh. And uh, Zach interacted with some fans here. So Nate Stoddart says, uh, I wish Claire was a regular in your set list. Zach says, we should play it more for sure. Agreed. And then Nate Stoddard says, maybe during a Static Prevails 25 tour late this year? Question mark. Ah. Um, and then uh, Labrador, or at the Z- the Ozine Eat World? Theozine Eat World? Interesting. Um, any thoughts on, what is Theozine? The- nah. Oh, interesting. Most of everything that they have written here in their uh, profile is uh, in Espanol. I don't know what Theozini world means. Anyway, any thoughts on Call It In The Air? I'm saving up to get the chorus tattooed. Zach says, that's a good one for sure. One of the so- stronger songs on Static. Not exactly about that song, but uh, yeah. That is uh, just a little bit more from the Twitter. Okay. Um, uh, no more track notes uh, from you? Uh, I got a couple more articles. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. I love an article. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, AZ Central. I cried like a baby. Phoenix music scene people pick their favorite Jimmy World songs. This is from Ed Masley, uh, published on July 26th, 2019. So I guess they just walked around and asked the peeps um, what they thought. And Mr. Curtis Grip speaks on Claire. Curtis Grip of Dead Hot Workshop says, if forced to choose a favorite, he'd pick Claire from the 1999 release Clarity. I love all the new stuff. (laughs) um i love yeah how did i I miss that i love all the curtis grip is a (laughs) fake fan fake fake fan (laughs) i love all the new stuff he says it's amazing but there's an energy to static prevails that is special oh there you go um if i had to pick a favorite song it would be claire off of static prevails so um a little bit of a misstep up at the beginning but he did clear it up there (laughs) cleared it up cleared it up um, and this is another odd one, another uh, WordPress site, uh, lvls.wordpress.com. Uh, what is the title of this about? We can look about this later. Uh, this is uh, posted on May 18th, 2018, and the title of this is just Claire. Been listening to Jimmy Eat World the past week. I feel that Static Prevails is such a raw album, one where the band had begun its journey into the emo powerhouse it would become. Claire gives perhaps the strongest hint of the band's next album, Clarity, a focused, lyrically polished number that stood out on the album far more interested in screaming and shredding. That's not to say that's a bad thing. I quite like it, but Claire is easily the CD's highlight. It has a great message, and the band allows the song to build up into a searing conclusion. Great stuff. I concur. Yes. Doctor. Yeah. So oh, I think Levels, this is just a website about uh, video games, music. It's kind of a, it's somebody's all-in-one, uh, like a fan site for all of their interests. So. Oh, okay. There we go. Sweet. I love it. Yeah, very um, cool. I'm jumping into community. Uh, yes. The only thing I really pulled from um, this week is from the last FM comment section on this song. Um, you've got uh, the latest comment is from November 8th, 2021. The created void one says paint a cross on your left <laughs> hand. Um, then you've got other ones that sort of uh, line up with everything we've said. That final vocal section. Uh, fuck. This is terribly underrated. <laughs> there aren't any words to describe the beauty of this clearly underrated song. I love this song. I heard Jim's acoustic version on YouTube. Amazing. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs by Jimmy, and my the most played on my iPod. Uh, did anyone hear Jim's solo acoustic version? Fantastic. So that must have been a big deal in uh, 2009 when he did that. Um, and uh, easily one of the best Jimmy World songs ever. One of my favorites. So uh, just supported, uh, supportive of things that we've known. And also, uh, this is... Mm, uh, cruising down the street in my... <laughs> six four <laughs> yes baby uh number 64 on jake t o'donnell's right. list uh claire static prevails 1996 it's almost unfair to untether claire from call it in the air which is uh not the first time you'll hear about that in this episode um which comes up later on this list they are back to back on static prevails i actually got to see them perform back to back at that first portland show now i did sorry this is an aside i did look to see because i did find them playing it in portland in 99 but it's not the show that uh he was at the first time jake t o'donnell saw them in portland was in 2002 um anyway uh so in 2002 they played them back to back in portland uh and have lived a combined life for all these years um 
But I couldn't really do that for this list. So this is where we find Claire. It's another loud slash soft rocker for the band who, as I've said and will say a lot, were still trying to figure out how to be a band when they were making this record. So the lyrics here overall are kind of nonsensical mix of mixing in profundity. One last goodbye may last the rest of your life with what the fuckness learn your restricted ropes paint across on your left hand. But Claire is a sign that the band is trying out a sound they would soon perfect. That is Jake T. O'Donnell's Number 64 spot on his top 100 Jimmy okay. Eat songs. All right. Um, what kind of community do you have? I got a couple things from Reddit. One was from uh, two months ago, posted by not Felix Wankel. Not so Felix Wankel. We know who they aren't. Uh, Claire and Sparkle <laughs> are two of the most underrated Juice songs. Have been listening to a lot of Stack Prevails and the deluxe version of Futures. These two have really stood out for me. Um and a common commenter here, Snake Oil 27 says, Static Prevails has some great B-sides as well. You should listen to What Would I Say to You Now. Uh, it's one of the best from that era. Uh, Towel Pretty, though, in the comment section says, Claire Calt in the Air 17 is one of their best runs of songs. Adore World of Static 2. That and Claire are top tracks. Top 10 tracks for me. A great deal of Chase This Light. There you go. Look at that. Another buddy. Uh, yeah. Invented and Damage are wildly underrated, too. Rowan5215 says, Claire is a top 20 Jimmy song. I won't be told otherwise. <laughs> uh, Will's Will Fish for Reels. <laughs> um, uh, now you're talking my language. Fave song of all time, referring back to Claire. Uh, I don't know. Have we ever had, a, a to your knowledge, a static, I'm sorry, a survivor where we've hit first place? Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, we had yeah. to have, right? With the discography. discography. So this wins. Uh... This is. This is the Walking on a Wire four years ago Static uh, Prevail Survivor results. Nice. Um, Congrats, and, Claire. Yes. First place, Claire. And I'm going to send you an image here. This was from Facebook. Let me copy this image. This is an image from Claire Lyons in Facebook. Ooh, but can't do that. Let's see. See if that works. There we go. Just make it happen. Uh, you'll see make that. It the well just got my second Jimmy World inspired oh. tattoo. Any guesses on the inspo? So her, her left hand is held out, and uh, right in the bottom left palm of her palm, right a cross there. Now, I mean, I think when you, when you were talking about putting the cross in your hand, I was thinking the back of the hand exactly because I imagine in a uh, in a show that's where the security would be looking right the top right. of your hand but in this case i imagine maybe because they don't want i don't know don't want to give off certain vibes they put it on the inside sure oh that makes I, sense and that's kind of where i was picturing it being written the whole adolescent angle that i was talking about with writing on your hand with an with a ballpoint pen this is yeah. exactly what i was imagining that type of single line and across they're very simple just when you're bored that if you had a thing of elmer's glue i'd be putting that in my palm um <laughs> How many layers? How many layers of, of uh, yeah Elmer's glue did you put on? Uh, I think if I did, it was one, and then I would just peel it off from okay. there. I, I tried. I mean, and sometimes for I guess we would do like if it was like uh, you know for whatever reason they put like a frisbee full of glue in the table for all the kids to dip into. You just <laughs> uh-huh. slam put your, your hand whole in hand there in there. It's just yeah. So thick. Ooh. Yeah. Can you smell it? Can you smell the oh, yeah. the glue? Yeah. Oh, so can I. <laughs> you get those those uh, tongue depressors to kind of pick it out of there and, and just swipe it around. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Take me back there, please. <laughs> uh, so aside from um, Adam Thomas, Thomas Adam Heaps, uh, 
reference in that uh, Reddit post. That's all I have. Right. Okay, sweet. Um, let's jump over to. Uh, I did find this. I, I just want to watch it with you. Are you a wrestling fan at all? I was. Monday Night Raw was my okay, jam. Sick. So just like I have uh, commentated on. Uh, skateboard and BMX and rollerblading video. I don't think we've done rollerblading on the pod yet, but skateboarding and BMX. I would love for. I mean, I'm I'm tasking you with something that I did not specifically ask if you were into any backyard wrestling because for some reason, some <laughs> boys uh, it, out in the country somewhere are doing some background backyard wrestling and uh, have scored it with the song Claire. So I'll play this and watch together. Oh, sick. Okay. And uh, I see a ladder back there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Ass kicking and willy flicking. Day two. Steve Farrell versus... I didn't say (laughs) The DDT. Oh, yeah. That's... That's tough. I can't believe these guys can do this. I mean, I guess it's on grass. I just see boys throwing themselves on the ground. Oh, man. That's a tombstone pile driver. Cass versus nails. (laughs) I think he's going to kick them all. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, this girl's just taking out everybody. This is great. Dancing in unison. <laughs> Whoa, that's a sick move. Very acrobatic. chairs too double chair oh he's out tap him out man oh (laughs) I love you know the theatrics (laughs) the theatrics of it the camaraderie oh my gosh I was a big fan of Ted DiBiase man Oh, down dude, the hill. Down the hill. Oh, he broke loose. Oh, and he 
take oh, all six of them. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's the old switcheroo. Did um, do you guys have anything in high school where people would do stuff like this where they'd fight? But like for show? Uh, well, so we had a group of people. Um, I never participated in it, but they would box. They would go to people's houses and they would box, and it was not like no bloody boxing, but it was enough to where someone, you know, you'd hit somebody pretty hard with these boxing gloves and no get them good. No, nothing like that. Not only no, but hell no. <laughs> That's what my dad used to tell me if I asked him for something. I love it. <laughs> if it wasn't clear before, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't have that. This is not. This is not something I was uh, a party to. Um. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, looking at backyard wrestling, who was that? That that user here. Uh, 2004 NLW AKAWF Day 2. So this is two days of this stuff. APOC XPB. Three three subscribers don't own rights to Jimmy Eat World Claire. Uh, And this has 10 views. It got posted March 29th, 2014. I'm just going to comment. This was wild. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, that'll probably be the video for this week. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, other versions. I have tab one, tab two, and bass tab. This is a YouTube channel that posts guitar tabs. I, I, this isn't like a cover, um, but it sort of is. So World Music Tablature, I believe we've played their content before has these three videos, Guitar 1, Guitar 2, and Bass. I went ahead, downloaded them all, and synced them all up. And uh, let's see where I put them. Here all right. I put, I put it in my instrumental covers, but that's not what <laughs> it is. Uh, and I uploaded it to Frame.io. I'm going to paste this here for you to uh, play. This is all three because uh, I was like, oh, let me see if I sync all these up and make a band out of these tab videos that World Tablature, whatever or other... Sick. Uh, <laughs> All right, here. Music tablature. Claire Tab Sync dot move. <laughs> here we go. I cut this in Final Cut ten. <laughs> so you hear the phasing on the drums. But if you watch the fretboard, you can see everything happening. Yeah. This is beautiful. I was so glad it lined up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's too bad we don't have like a the the fake. Uh, oh, oh wait, no, we totally could. 
Dude, you should take a, yeah, oh, it's yeah, the other way yeah. around. You want me to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah just do it while we're playing. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, buddy. I need you to do your thing. Maybe I'll catch this second one here. Clean this up. Still so one like, chance like to show path. your face. This one shot all you get. <laughs> Pass by your one good thing. Lift your head back, shoot and chase. Never hear you laugh like that, so full. Not since you were nine. Unsettled, severing. Always severing old ties. One last goodbye may last the rest of your life. Learn your restricted ropes. Paint a cross on your left hand. One good thing signed away. And with it, your only hope. Attention focused on today. So quiet, slip behind my back. <laughs> That's great. Back. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that would be a fun little uh It's like a, thing. a yeah, it's like a MIDI on steroids. I like it. Yeah. That's a great job, World Music Tablature. They did a nice job with that. Yeah. Yeah, this is like I feel like I'm in like a like a 90s made-for-TV movie or like a HBO kid show. Yeah, I can see that. Like Flash Forward. This sounds like something that would be in like a very special episode of Flash Forward. <laughs> There's probably somebody named Lizzie on this show. Seemed to be a normal name in the 90s. Yeah. Do uh, Disney show, do you remember The House Was Alive? The house was alive? Yeah, it had like a security system. Was the house their dad? Or was the house... I gotta look this up now. Disney oh, I sh- thought the name of the show was The House no. Was Alive. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it sounded sort of like Pee-wee's Playhouse. Nah, um... Was it Smart House? I don't know Smart House. Oh, that's a movie. Yeah, Smart House, 1999. About a teenage computer nerd and contest whiz. His widowed father... Okay, nice. maybe that was it. I can't remember. It looks like it's on Disney Plus. I yeah, check out this movie. Mm-hmm. Who's in this? Wholesome. That's. I think that that's a good time for Disney. Oh, that's Katie Seagal. Oh yeah, you're right. Still looks just the same. Yeah. Mm. This looks terrific. Uh, okay. Okay. So um, that is a fun thing. Now, I have one, two, three, four, five, 1999 videos. Sick. One from 2000, one from 2001, one from 2014, and one from uh, 2021. Now, I think the 2014 is... Oh, no. That's just them playing it. Why didn't I pull... Hold on. I apparently didn't pull Jim's solo <laughs> of all oh, things. Oh, no? I didn't uh, yeah, right. That was pull. the one I was you Did you happen to pull that? Um, no. I right, don't I'll, have it. I'll find that. Why don't okay. we... Uh, take your pick. St. Petersburg, Florida. Um... You've got uh, Portland, Buffalo, Atlanta, and the Green Room, or Nita's Hideaway in 2000. Uh, let's do Nita's Hideaway. Okay, so this isn't in Watch Together. I'm going to paste a Google Drive link. This is from Stephen Brand's collection. Oh, okay. And uh, you play that while I look for Jim's solo uh, acoustic. All right, here we go.
Oh, uh, yeah. Hear that. Play clear! So it was Jim as we suspected, right? The whole time. Aside from... Uh, oh, yeah. That's right, a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That sounded great. That was Nita's Hideaway, huh? That was at Nita's Hideaway in 2000. 
And I'm still gonna I'm I'm gonna keep looking here. That was a uh, July 30th, 2000 in Needless Hideaway. Uh, there's a Mississippi Nights show that was uh, I I've learned about Mississippi Nights, and even Dave Grohl had talked about Mississippi Nights, which is a venue in St. Louis, Missouri, of all places. <laughs> so, um, but there is a 2001 show. This might be a board record. Let's take a listen to this real quick. All right, and then. In the meantime, I'll pull up the latest performance, July 30th, 2001. Holy shit, 21 years to the day after Ooh. that Needis Hideaway show. Wow. Um, yeah, that's weird. But let's take a listen to this Mississippi Night. It might be board record. Here we go. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> So twinkly, man. So twinkly. So twinkly. The twinkly oh hoping that he sings up on that second part right like he does on the album but i do appreciate that he's probably so not I killing found somebody that was at that voice. modified art show in 2009 uh-huh. Uh-huh. i'm gonna ask them to uh if they have video of that performance because i just do not i'm not finding anything um and uh that's weird to me Uh, so that is um, all right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to now play a uh, the latest performance, which is at the Metro, just this past July, 21 years after that first video we watched. Oh, thank you, Buzz. Also, oh, first play some old version we listened to. This is uploaded by YouTube user Random Slice of Music. Jimmy Eat World performs Claire from their 96 Static Prevails. Blah, blah, blah. It's so funny, it's like shot 
in like 60 frames per second. Yeah. It's like we're there. Response lyrics here. Yep, here we go. Tom, he yeah, here goes Tom. Yep, here he goes. I love this one guy with the cell phone. I actually <laughs> think I saw this. In the bottom left. On, yeah, he's getting. I think it, that man. angle's on YouTube. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> or it actually, might be the girl in front of him. I thought of uh, multicamming them and doing like a multicam edit of it. Uh-huh. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's that girl because I don't think it's vertical. The video I uh, saw. Anyway, that was great. Yeah. Damn. Sounds so good. Yeah, man. The updated version. We heard uh-huh. a twenty-one year discrepancy oh. between those two performances. That was great. I love it. Uh, do you have any covers? I do, man. I've What'd got our first and greatest. A heap of games. Yes. Thank you. I'm so glad. I didn't have. The uh, timestamp. I never pulled the timestamp. Okay. Uh, um, all right. So that's 365 divided by 60. That's going to be six minutes. Sweet. So here we go. All right. Here we go. Six minutes in. 
Where are you? Six minutes in. Here we go. Oh. Stop giving up. Hey, rock star. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Ooh. so good. One chance to show your face. This one shot, all you get. Pass by your one good thing. Lift your head back, shouldn't you? You laugh like that so far. Not since you and I unsettled, severing, always severing all ties. One last goodbye. So classic, like his like yeah. vocal delivery. <gasps> May last the rest of your life. On your left hand. Uh, there's something about the way that he's playing it. It sounds like uh, 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20. Attention focused on today. So quiet, slip behind my back. Unsettled, severing. Always serving dead ties One last goodbye May last the rest of your life It sounds so crisp Yeah man Awesome. Nicely done, Tom. Very Sabby. nice. Yes. Yes, mate. Uh, who else you got? Uh, I've got GR3 Corey. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. Oh, I'm glad you put that together. I, I thought it was like a weird way of spelling grocery. <laughs> <laughs> this was cool. So I liked, this is what I had for my notes. Um, I feel like I'm in the room. This is, it sounds like they're just playing it for themselves or singing it as they're cleaning up things. Um. Like we're just chilling in the room together. I love this. The icon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like the, 
no JPEG found on the internet. Yeah. Leave your head, but you don't chase. Never had your life like that so far. Not since you were there. Where am I? I'm seven, seven rings. Always a very hard times. One last goodbye. I need to finish it. I have tonsillitis. Yeah. <laughs> Of your life. And then he came back. This was a joke, but I'm gonna do a better cover of this amazing song soon. Wear your restricted ropes. Paint a cross on your left hand. Ah, no, I liked it. So that was eight years ago. I just commented when this was rad. Yeah, yeah. Sounded okay. It sounded fun. Like there was something just tells me that this was the only upload eighty-three views nine years ago. We may not be getting it anytime. Yeah, soon. right. <laughs> I need to update my blog more often. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, sorry it's been a while. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Okay, let's see. I have got uh, faded reality. I have now, which t- version? Uh, so I went with the more recent version. Good. Okay. Right. Cool. Okay. Is that the one that you went with? I had them both. Okay. All right, let's see what we got here. That, okay. Go. B. Here we go. This one looked better, too. I like the stacked uh, video. so beautifully twinkly and i yeah, also man. love in the background seeing the recording being yeah made. i was just uh, i'm i'm mesmerized because the color so in sync too because the monitors in both takes are switching at the same yeah yeah great i love the so guitar this is like sound a play but it sounds good because we did both parts yeah Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is nailing it.
birds looking at <laughs> twinkly stuff. I'd be the one on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bottom, Justin. Uh, <laughs> then there's me in control on top. <laughs> <laughs> man excellent Woo! absolutely nice. nailed it oof okay i have one more i like this one i put down beautiful acoustic will newman music got will newman I will newman early man <laughs> all right will newman here, i've queued it up here okay go ahead like, even that just sounds so good yeah Second angle on the guitar that he overdubbed. <laughs> oh, oh, there's no way he was doing that with one hand, right? Yeah. He's got capo on the one on the first fret there. Yeah, oh, sick harmonies too. This has the Wonderwall vibes. One way 
this man. This is from July 2012. 1,800 views, 18 comments. This is great. Yeah. And 78 upvotes. Yeah. Man, Will Newman. That was so good. Okay, what? Uh, give me a Blink song. Like, you could be your favorite one. Or... A Blink song? Yeah. Uh, damn it. Okay, so there's this guy, o- ODI Acoustic, OD Acoustic, um, that does Blink covers that sound like that. That's what that reminded me of, ODI, OD Acoustic. So I'm going to play you the OD Acoustic, damn it. Okay. So July 2012. Oh my God, July 15th, 2012. Is that the same day as uh, Will Newman? <laughs> July 17th, 2012. This is you and me, Big Bear. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically a reenactment of the back the backyard. To face this on my own, I guess this is growing up. Ah, so good. I haven't oh, listened to the acoustic in a minute. Ah. But there is, like, just about every Blink song yeah. has a version like that. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah, Odie Acoustic's great. I think it's definitely up your eye. And Will Newman is the Odie Acoustic of uh, Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> uh, I, I have one. I, I did not watch it, but McCavity is a band that covered this song, supposedly, like, at a show. Like? <laughs> at the Double Wide like in Mulady? Dallas, Texas. Like M- what is it? McCavity? M-A-C-A-V-I-T-Y. Oh, okay, so not like M apostrophe cavity. No, no, no. This uh, The user is John Rodriguez. McCavity performing Claire, Jimmy Eat World cover, live from the Double Wide in Dallas, Texas. I did not listen to this. Okay. Um, but it's the only other cover I have. It's a band cover. Let's take a listen. McCavity, Rebuilding a Robot, live DVD, <laughs> summer 2008. Most people know this. There's probably not another band that influenced us. Why no more? Get my team. Well, there's like 10 bands that influenced us, but Where's this band incredibly influenced Where's us. When we were 19, we decided not to sound like Third Eye Blind and sound more like this band. And it's called <laughs> uh, Jimmy World Claire. 
And a lot of you know that song. How prescient. If you attempt it, it might suck, but fucking who cares? When else are you going to hear it? Because they don't play it anymore. So this song is called Claire. And here we go. I will cry. Just get ready. Bass player's nail. Find the note. <laughs> the cavity shreds. <laughs> the aesthetic those uh christmas lights up there yeah i love he's got like the schecter <laughs> guitar or whatever he's playing on sounds like a, a great band dude sure. the dallas observer which looks like the exact same website format as the phoenix new times i'm going to send this to you because you're the web good the web gee the guru um, all right but take a look at this the layout of this website the font the layout everything is phoenix new times oh yeah pretty much yep so yeah this is february 28th 2008 this show and this was posted march 27th 2008 so my guess is that this took place the month before uh-huh. first chomsky reunited a few weeks back then light bright highway got back together during the throes of the melodica festival and now macavity reunion for uh, fever seems to be spreading around the dallas area even faster than that cold and flu bug everyone's been catching <laughs> with a sound the band describes as post hardcore emo modern space pop rock it's tough to imagine a genre in which the members of Macavity don't think they fit. That's good for an audience anticipating a wide range of sounds, and even better, you'd have to think for the band members' odds of catching on in future musical endeavors. In fact, it already has paid dividends. Most of the members of Macavity still perform around the region, just under different flags, with acts such as The Crash That Took Me and Blood on the Moors. Unlike, say, Chomsky's reunion show, during which that band's members indicated that there'd be more performances to come in the future this mccavity gig seems more like a one-time thing so dig up your old idle record swag and prepare to party like it's five years ago <laughs> pete freeman uh saturday march 8th five years ago huh? uh so march 8th 2008 uh but yeah there was like i was like oh i wonder if mccavity is still around not only are they probably not still around that was a reunion show yeah <laughs> they came and went yeah they're uh Falling Hard in the Key of E album came out in 2002 on Idol Records. So that's all I have to say about Macavity. Um, do you have a rave DJ? I have two. Sick. What hey, did bo- you rave, both rave made? <laughs> I haven't DJ. listened to either. Both made on the fly based on some stuff that we heard tonight. Oh. I made a, uh, because of 
WWF. I made Claire DiBiase Million Dollar Man theme. Oh, my God. Um, and I also made <laughs> three, three Air. So three AM mixed with Claire. So three Air. Oh, nice, dude. <laughs> so did and you I hear have what... Claveman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so maybe one of yours, one of mine, and okay. the last. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, what if, what, do you want to listen to Claire? <laughs> I want to listen to the. I want to listen to the wrestling one. Okay, here we go. Claire DiBiase, Million Dollar Man theme. <laughs> Did you oh, choose wait. this because it's your favorite wrestling um, intro? I love. Yes, I love a good Ted DiBiase man, Million Dollar Man. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> I love that it's tuned down, but also faster. Yeah. All right, when's Ted going to come in? Thanks for indulging me. All right, which uh, what did you send me? Yours was Claveman. <laughs> Freaking Claveman. They don't work as well as I thought they would. Too much twinkle, man. Yeah, right. know if i've ever heard it slow down yeah. like that um i you know i think there's so many i love cavemen but there's so many i guess the not time signature changes but there's just those little extras in there that kind of messed with this one but i was surprised how well they did at the beginning yeah yeah yeah. the yeah. beginning is when it sounded the most like yeah. each other anyway so yeah yeah okay right. uh let's listen real quick to three air <laughs> yeah three air all right here we go I want to see how this one sounds. Maybe this one can redeem this track. Oh, there we go. Okay. I, I like where this is going, man. Feeling good. It's 3 a.m. Oh. 
I don't hate it, man. No, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess, you know, what? it crapped out right there. It did. Oh, yeah, I like it just it. ended? <laughs> well, not really. I mean, it keeps oh, okay, going. I don't fine. know what it was doing, but. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. <sighs> well, before we get into our very exciting interview. Yeah. For this episode with a longtime fan him, uh, uh, um, a person who's been to as many Jimmy Eat World shows as we have now hit episodes, yeah. <laughs> listener fan Joyce uh, is all our caps. Big guest, yes. <laughs> Joyce in all caps uh, is our guest. We met with Joyce uh, near my house at Casa Vega. She was kind enough to drive up from Saint Diego, um, and you were kind enough to drive down from where you lived to my place. We went to Casa Vega. Uh, had really slow service and had some great conversations, <laughs> yes. some of which were recorded for the pod. Um, <sighs> and uh, everyone will be hearing that forthwith. But Justin, is there anything else you want to say about the song Claire by Jimmy Eat World from Static Prevails? Nah, I really love this track, especially how it goes. Uh, it just goes right into Call It In The Air. Uh, but Claire, the track itself, Having looked into the lyrics means just a little bit more, and it already meant a lot to me, David. What about you, man? Um, I don't know that I was going to be able to tell you what this song was before I hit play on it last week. Yeah, but I obviously was familiar with it. Uh, it's really interesting how much I think it sounds like I kind of never really landed on a sonic palette for Static Prevails. I always in my head it was like a rougher version of Clarity or something, but mm-hmm. this sounding a lot like Caveman and Rockstar. And I never considered the Call It In The Air, um, like, coupling it with Call It In The Air so closely. I just yeah. didn't think about it. Um, now I love that I have all these things to think about it. And now I have, like, a sonic palette for um, Static Prevails. At least yeah. a little better than I did before. Right. 119 episodes in, so <laughs> not a moment too soon. Um, so, yeah, without any further ado, hopefully if you have a friend named Claire... Uh, you will remember to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! That was good. Ladies and gentlemen, what episode number is this, Joyce, if you can tell us? This is episode 119. 119. And the reason that Joyce knows that it's episode 119 is because Joyce has been to, or... I have been to, you have, I have seen them perform 119 times. So tight. So we have so many questions. Uh, I remember, and I think I brought this up before we had met online, 
but when I saw <laughs> at the Fox Theater in Pomona, Jimmy <laughs> not Pasadena? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remembered Jim pointing out somebody in the crowd had seen the band some inordinate amount of times, and I had always made this mental note, and here we are sitting at Casa Vega in Sherman Oaks. The site of such famous films as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and other unnamed Tarantino titles. Um, so, this is very exciting. We've talked Jimmy Eat World all night over dinner and life. Um, so, let's start at the humble beginnings. You were on a podcast and told your story. Um, but we're going to ask you to once again recount the. the the first time you went and saw Jimmy Eat World, which I remember, if I remember correctly, catapulted into many times over the course of that like week. <laughs> yeah, um, in the next two weeks. So right. I first saw them in 1999. So when I was in college in Richmond, Virginia, my friends were in a band called Lazy Kane. Cam, their lead singer, said, hey, we're going to be opening up for this band that I think you're going to be really into, so you should check them out. So I went and got um, the self-titled, and I also got Clarity, and he was right. I really liked them. But then the night of the show, I just remember standing there and just being blown away by their live performance, and I was like, I have to see these guys again. So I remember going home that night saying, when can I see them again? Um, so at the end of March, they were going to be playing in Seattle. So my friend had recently moved to Seattle. I'm like, might be a good time to go visit Heather. Let's see if she wants a visitor. So she was all down for me coming to see her. Um, went out to the show and... Um, Again, the show was just amazing, like the first time I had seen them. And I knew at that point I was I was pretty much hooked. Um, after the show, I saw Zach, and I was, um, I was mad at myself because I had pictures from the Richmond show that I was going to bring with me, but I forgot them. And so I told Zach, I was like, I have these photos. Um, I, didn't, I forgot to bring them with me. And so he grabs a copy of Static Prevails, and gives it to me, and he was like, our address is in here, send the pictures to the address in the liner. And I was like, okay. And so I didn't have that avail, so I was like, ooh, I have a new CD. And I was then talking to their tour manager at the time, Paul Drake, at the merch table, and he was like, um, are you going to the Portland show tomorrow? And I was like, um, I think I am now. <laughs> so uh, I rented a car, and I specifically asked for a car with a CD player. So back then, CD players in cars and rental cars were just becoming a new thing, so I specifically had to ask for it so I could listen to Static Prevails in the car from the way to Seattle to Portland. So um, that was my soundtrack for my little road trip. and. Um, I saw them in Portland, and um, after the show, Tom sees me, and he was like, are you going to go to the San Francisco show? And I was like, oh, oh come on. don't check me. <laughs> I was like, i got to get back to work. So, um, unfortunately, I didn't go to the, um, the San Francisco show, but that, uh, that just started my the thing I do in the <laughs> world, as I just go see them play. Um, wherever, whenever, whatever I can. And that's super rad. So what's funny is uh, I'm looking at your dates here, and because I just did a bunch of research on Claire, 
there's so much video from that 99 tour, which is interesting to think of because it's so long ago. But specifically, that Portland show is on YouTube, and we found yeah. a performance of Claire from that show, which is pretty neat. Um, so we'll have to scan that now to look for you in the crowd or something. I don't know what the angle is on that specific show, but I know I put it in the show notes. I was definitely in front of Tom. <laughs> so at that point, was he stage left? He was stage right was at that right time. Stage. And now right. he's stage left. And that we did find out from When they Zach. swapped. Yeah. yeah, Zach said it was his fault that they swapped. And I yeah. think it was because Zach wanted to move from center stage to a stage right scenario. And Ricky Birch had to go with him. So. Ricky, yep. <laughs> <laughs> they got to keep that rhythm section tight. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so rather than go through all of these dates, and, I mean, unless there's something insanely mem- memorable, I suppose we can hit on uh, specific uh, uh, milestones, right? So... I can um, talk about probably my favorite shows and my milestone shows. Yeah. Um, so my fourth show um, was in Boston, Massachusetts. So it was in uh, 1999. So they were supposed to play Richmond, Virginia at the beginning of June, but I was going to be on vacation um, on a cruise with my family, so I couldn't skip out on that. So what I did was... The very next day, we got back from the cruise, I think on a Sunday, the very next morning, I got on an Amtrak train at 6 a.m. and then (laughs) rode on this train for 12 hours until I hit Boston. I get into the train in Boston and I'm walking towards, and I don't know, I'm walking towards this venue. I don't have tickets. I I don't know what's going to happen. I'm crossing the street and walking towards me are Rick and Tom. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm coming to see you guys. And um, and Tom goes, you're so tan. Because we were on a cruise in the Caribbean. Right, I'll prefer. And so, and I also had, um, had gotten my hair braided. Oh, damn. <laughs> so there's this photo of me at the venue where I'm, um, I had my head, my head situated on top of Tom's um, hair or head, and my hair, my braids. You were his, his hair. hair then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I go. Um, they're going to go get food or something. I don't know. And then I start going towards the venue, and the front door is unlocked. So I just walk in, like you know. <laughs> of course. And because I can hear Lazy King doing their sound check because. Um, I had to go to the show because it was it was the best freaking lineup. It was so it was Lazy Kane, No Knife, Jimmy World, like three of my most favorite bands ever. Because um, I was so bummed that I wasn't able to catch that show in Richmond. So um, I head downstairs. They were playing the Middle East downstairs, and I'm approaching the the stage and. Cam, the lead singer of Lazy King, he just stops, they just stop, and he just goes, holy shit, (laughs) when he saw me, Um, so that was one of my favorite shows, because then um, the band members had um, guested on each other's songs, so like Mitch was singing in a Lazy King song, and... Webb was singing on a No Knife show. It was just, it was just super fun because um, everyone was just guest vocaling on. Um, on, their, on their, when you say Mitch, 
Mitch from No Knife. Okay, Mitch. okay, I was gonna say there's <laughs> no, no, no way no. Mitch Porter is up there. I'm sorry, uh, Mitch, the lead singer of No Knife. Got it. Um, and so, um, and I have all these also pictures of all three bands together. Um, so that was a, a really fun show. And then the next day, I got back on a train and rode 12 hours 12 back hours down back, to huh? Richmond. Yeah. I'm so glad it worked out for you because my wife has taken trains from here to Anaheim. And on the way home, I have to go pick her up because the train has inexplicably canceled. Yeah. So, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I lucked out. <laughs> um, so shows five and six, they were doing back-to-back -back shows in uh, Tempe, Arizona, in the green room. And they had advertised them. They like, these are the last shows before the new millennium. Um, millennium, sorry. And uh, I was like, well, I gotta go then. So I went, and I, um, I had my uh, camcorder with me. And so I have... Uh, videos of both these shows and that's the first time I remember hearing the middle and I was like what is this song? This is a really good song. <laughs> this is going to be big for these guys. Yeah. I have a good feeling about this one. <laughs> um, so yeah that was that was super fun and then um, this was actually still when I still lived in Richmond um, so I'd seen them six times before I had even moved out to the west coast but I have times when I have seen them a couple of days in a row. Um, they played um, at CBGB's. Um, they did a... It's closed, since closed, right? Yes. Yes. They did the CMJ Music Fest. So this is in 2000. And then um, it's like Hot Rod Circuit, um, Jebediah... It was it was a bunch of good bands, and then the same bands played the next night in Wayne, New Jersey, at the Firehouse. Um, and I have video footage of all this, all these shows. Um, so it, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the following night they played in Philly, and after that show, um, all the bands ended up at a bar on South Street in Philadelphia called the Tattooed Mom, and. And I just found out about it because um, Jim had made reference to it in an article about they had um, they had to not deposit all their money. And so, did you have you yeah. heard this story? Yeah, we came across right. this recently. Down the middle. Oh. Yeah, thank you. No, you're good. Oh, thank you. Um, and so apparently Tom is, just has his backpack full of money. And so I haven't gone back to the footage to see if he's got this backpack. I'm sure he does. Yeah, like $16,000 in this thing, right? Yeah. There's like a limit on yeah. how much they could deposit or at so, a time. I haven't had a chance to go back and um, look at this video, but I keep meaning to to see if I can see the famous backpack full of yeah. money. Um, it's also the same night. Um, so from their uh, their documentary, their Believe in What You Want DVD, <laughs> Tom's peeing and Rick is doing oh, sobriety, sloshed, man. sobriety um, checks with uh, Rick trying to touch his nose. You can hear me. So wait, where were you? So you said you said wow in that. I was standing next to Rick. To get out of here. Dude, yeah. get out of here! What are you doing, Tom? You're peeing out our van! No, I'm not. I'm trying to pee on the corner, but now... Can you give me a couple minutes by myself? <laughs> it's like two minutes? Sure. 
sack it. Yeah, that was a huge puddle. Tim, you ready to go, bro? Totally. All right. Thanks for coming. What's up, Zach? Yeah, How you see. doing? I want to see you touch your nose, Rick. There you go. Good job. Good job. I want to see you get in the van and go hotel. All right, let's go to the hotel. Oh, that's a little oh, low. That's a little low. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and Zach was the one on the camcorder yeah. asking him to do the spirit <laughs> variety test, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't hear it, but I remember saying this. I remember saying, wow, that's a lot of pee. Good <laughs> night, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you. So believe in what you want. That I think that one moment we remarked on, because it's a we're facing away from Tom, right? And he's just aiming over like a fence or like railing, <laughs> letting it rip, or was it on a wall? <laughs> probably as a guy, probably on a wall. It was the corner of the van, because um, cause Zach was like, why are you peeing on the van? He's like, I'm not. It was on the van? It was near the van. Okay, okay. No, Zach, Jason. Was, Zach was accusing him of peeing on the, the van. <laughs> So there was that. And what was the other? Oh, okay. I had questions about you were on Loveline. Okay, so that's 2001. That this is now 2001. So the band knows you well enough. Tom and Jim are on. Is it the whole band or just Tom and it's Jim? It's just Tom and Jim. Tom and Jim are on there. Prior to you, they have a gentleman on, and Jim is responding to that guy. I don't really care about what he said, but I think Jim, when they're leading back into you, Right, um, we got two timestamps. One at like an hour and fifteen minutes in, which I listened to, and they and then uh, Adam goes, "Ah, we got joy, joy, <laughs> right?" But then he puts you on hold. Yes, he put me on hold. Hey, your question's boring. Let's talk yeah. to this guy. Right. <laughs> right. I want to get yeah, 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 any kind of baby. Or? Yeah, which already being put on hold because my question was boring had already um, kind of pissed me off and then I'm on, on hold because I would have been hold, on hold for a while right oh yeah right and my question was they go to the, the other guy they answer his question and then Adam goes oh we still got Joy on and then you said very loud Joyce right <laughs> yes um, and then okay okay yeah. <laughs> okay alright okay slow down uh, and and then did you say whatever? No. They no. threw that in there, right? It's so oh, that's a in. drop that they used to use. Okay. And what's I, funny is it brought me back to 2001 because I used to listen to that show religiously. Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, right. They used to drop these sounds because all the time. Because it sounded like you were saying something and then it cut into whatever. No, so then that also pissed me off. <laughs> that they threw that in there because you yes. can hear that on your end? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Anderson. Hey, Anderson. Let me get Joyce off the phone. Okay. <laughs> no, so they would do that because Adam is salty, right? Yeah. And many people wouldn't take his shit. Now, lots of people did, and he would hang up on people all the time, especially if they had a, uh, a uh, smoke detector yeah. alarm that was beeping. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Anderson, can we? Let's hold on for a minute. Let's, yeah, why can't you change the battery? <laughs> I love that show so much, but I, I do think Adam did you dirty, but, um, uh, but at the time, uh, they would sample out callers that would sass Adam and, and use those as sound drops, and the whatever I okay. remember being a sound drop, but yes, it was, it was still a commentary on Joyce. And, and yeah, but because it's, I think Adam had the button. Okay, because yeah. it sounded like it was it was the same uh, sound quality as a phone call. So I, that's what right. made me it think. Was a I, caller, yeah. Okay, all right, which makes sense now. I thought it was a, a producer 
that was annoyed. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> so it makes sense because you'd already been on the phone with a screener and right. Anderson at that point, the producer, and like, oh, yeah. And so how long, at that point, how long had you been on? Did you call at the beginning of the show? So it was like an hour and a half almost into I'd it? I'd never gotten on Love Line. I had that called was, yeah. at the very beginning. I was on hold for a very long time. <laughs> and then put on hold a second time. Right. And then I... One of my biggest pet peeves is being called Joy, so right. he must have said Joy like six times. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and like for what reason? Joy, Joy, Joy. Joy, so Joy, you like the band? <laughs> and I suppose we could play the clip. Yeah. Adam said some other things. Yeah. <laughs> Uncouth. Yeah. Let's talk to, uh, oh, we're running a little bit late. Joy? Yes. 26? Yep. I think we're going to uh, take ourselves a little break. All right. What's your question? Uh, Jim and Tom, Joyce, yes. San Diego. Um, how is the birth of Zach and Holly's baby girl going to affect your touring and recording and all that stuff? Uh, all right. Hold on, Joy. Yeah. That wasn't a good enough question. Hold on. I want someone who's like crotches on fire or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Joy's question, and uh, Tom can answer that, but hold on a second. I, I, I feel bad for Joy over here. Is, weren't we talking to her? Yeah, no, make it quick. Joy? Joyce. Joyce, you're 26. Yeah, whatever. You asked how will the birth of the daughter oh, child. Yeah. What, is this Joyce? I know you, right? Yes, you What's know up, Joyce? Hi. Um, so Zach's, our, the drummer of our band, had a baby girl on Saturday. Saturday. Really? Um, her yeah. name is Ava. Everything went fine. Everything's fine. And um, we're going to take October off. And then November 1st, we go on tour with Blink. So we just have a month off. If Blink will travel. If they'll travel. All right, Joyce? No. Okay. <laughs> Do you know Joyce? She sounds yeah. like a big pain in the yeah. ass. Aren't you glad you went to that one out? Good. Well, uh, do you know Joyce? Oh, I hate this Joyce. Hey, Joyce? What? Can you come out here and blow me? I will. All right. Hold on. I'm, not, I'm just going to put my penis out of the mail slot, all right? All I'm right. Not, I don't want to... I don't want to come in contact with you. Bye, Joyce. That should be enough. How thick's that glass? It's about only a quarter inch. Oh, there'll still be enough coming out there. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. And I'm sure that they knew who you were, especially when you said so clearly, Joyce, that Tom at that point knew who you were. Right, he acknowledged right. that he knew me. And when you you said the way that he that way that he said bye Joyce was very endearing, I thought it was almost like he was cringing on behalf of you because Adam was oh, being such yeah, a yeah I could read that oh, for man. sure. <laughs> like I'm sorry you had to go through that, wait an hour and a half to be on just to be sassed by Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked to those days. So post that conversation. <laughs> yes. Have you talked? Have to Jim and or Tom about that call? No, we actually never that. have. That's funny. Oh, have. <laughs> I'm sure Tom remembers it. Oh yeah, Tom will <laughs> never forget. <Yeah. laughs> now, I, I always think of these things, like, especially in context now, and being 20 years on, like, I didn't listen to that whole episode, but did 9-11 come up at all? Because that's only a couple weeks post 9-11. Uh, and I felt like that was all anybody ever talked about forever. Right, because they were supposed to go, um, I think, to the UK with one mm. two, and so um, they had made reference to it um, that they were going to take a month off and then go tour, and then they said if Blink will tour. That's right. I vaguely remember. I do think I went through these Love Line shows 
a couple years ago when we had started the pod, and I was like, oh, we should listen to these again. But I don't know how we could possibly do a Patreon episode where we listen to a two-hour episode. So thank you very much. How are we going? You're welcome. But it would be an interesting thing to go through and pull clips. Now, I do have them in, so I can phonetically index them right. if for whatever reason they talk for- about a song on an episode of Loveline. We can go to it, but... I've yet to pull up anything from any Loveline episodes. Unless it's sometimes, sometimes I'll pull up a bumper where it'll think it's the name of the song. So when I go to the clip, I'm like, oh, a Loveline or a Kevin and Bean or something. Just something else from another right. part of the episode. And we did one time, we had to we had to look for a bit from Jimmy World dropping. It was a premiere. It was a world, I think it was a world oh, premiere, world right? Premiere of, yeah, some, some and one thankfully, there is someone out there that indexes and catalogs all of Kevin and Bean's episodes. Yeah. So we could roughly find, they had segments that they would label, this is the band that was on, this is the song they did. And it was a little bit of a search, and I think we ended up finding yeah, it. Yeah, this guy, he runs a, a website called Kevin and Bean Archive. And he has an archive of every show, every guest, all the dates, and he has them recorded. Wow. And some of the clips are up. But you can email him and just be like, hey, I'm looking for this specific... And he'll be like, let me... I'll look in the archive and he'll pull clips for you. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so right? It's like, thankfully, there's somebody that has yeah. that amount of uh, result. Yeah. And being, of course, that. being a radio nerd is such a fan of him anyway yeah. and is friendly with him. Yeah. And he goes to him all the time for clips from the yeah. radio shows. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. So that so was... That's show- 2000. That's late September, early October 2001. And then what show was around that time? Oh, good God. <laughs> scroll and scroll. Goodness. So your first show being in March of 99, and now we're in October of 2001. What show are you at? Um, so the closest thing, so show 19 was um, at the El Rey. Oh, nice. oh that was, yeah. um, they had They had taped the Craig Kilburn show. Earlier. I read accounts of this. Yes. Um, Might have been your account. I don't remember who the user was that typed all this out. This was on this was on Jimmy Eat World Online that I found a blog post okay. about somebody recounting that they had gone to Craig Kilborn, seen Jimmy Eat World perform. They performed before the show because they had to go to the LA that night. And when the show aired, they were the end of the show. And they said the band sounded a lot better in person than they did on the show. That's what I remember reading yeah. on the old archive Jimmy World Online. That was not your account? You did not go that to Craig Gilborn? Okay. No. I mean, I went to the taping of Craig Gilborn. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But just not your blog post. Correct. That's what okay. I know. I have to find who that was. You're probably friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, and I have photographs of this, and I vaguely remember Jim did not feel well at this show and I had heard somewhere that he had to get IV fluids before the um. yeah um then the next show so show 20 was um November 20th 2001 in San Diego and that's what it was um, Tenacious D and Weezer oh nice did you stick around for Weezer yeah I saw okay. I, yeah okay. I saw all, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I saw Thank all you. the fans yeah no 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 I like Weezer <laughs> did you stick around for Blink and Green Day at the Pop Disaster Tour? yeah oh, okay. yeah 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 did Blink play first or did Green Day play first this is Green Day closed at my show and people joke that they swapped and yeah. I was like I don't think that's logistically feasible that's yeah. too complicated 
But I do ask anybody who's ever been to Papa's house <laughs> Just in at case. a date I wasn't at, do you remember who played first and who played last? I don't recall. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't. That was a long time As ago. much as I love Mark Hoppus, his bass was a little too hot at that show. <laughs> and it was, it, the mix wasn't great. And so when Green Day played, it was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And a lot of people think that, like, Green Day fucked with uh, Blink's sound. Jeez, no way. But what's interesting is Dan Ozzy, you've heard of this Dan Ozzy book, Sellout? Dan Ozzy is a music journalist. Oh, He's, right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the book, yeah. He just wrote this book. And in there, Mark Hoppus has a paragraph where he talks about... Um, that Green Day was on the downslope of their career. They had just done international super hits and had Nimrod didn't do well. They did something else, I forget what it was, um, that had desensitized on it. And then they were like really, they were kind of like the elder statesmen and no one really cared. So he was like, I'm not saying that like touring with us who were at the peak of our career kind of gave them the kick in the ass to like yeah. do like prove themselves but they did every night of the tour and they, I mean they played better than Blake if, if you're keeping score but yeah I was very excited <laughs> I, I saw Jimmy Eat World I met a girl there who was there specifically to see Jimmy Eat World and we did like the like when Blink released the song Rock Show I was like oh it's like that night when I met that girl that liked Jimmy Eat World and we had like that night that moment show. yeah at the Rock Show yeah Anyway, <laughs> so that's 2001 show 19, what, uh, and show 20 you said was that November? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, what was 25? Well, I want to go back, oh, yeah. rewind. So Highlights. the very first show where there was a quote unquote boarding meetup was um, show right. number 22, September, sorry, February 20th, 2002 in Tucson at the Rialto Theater. I think it was at, oh, no, because the Hotel Congress was across the street. Anyway, it was in Tucson. Um, and a bunch of us from the message board met up. Um, people that um, I've been talking to for a couple years um, from before I moved to San Diego. And um, some new people that knew that we were going to be there and they just showed up and were hanging out with us. So it was, it was, it, it's one of my most favorite shows just because of um, just the opportunity to, to meet other fans. Yeah. Um, and this was the, the first major um, meetup. Since the BBS forums are no longer active, do you guys have like a group thread, uh, like a group chat that you guys have going, or like? So the official Jimmy World Facebook. Group, as opposed to fans, mm -hmm. has a lot of the people from from the old Testament. Am I not board. on this group? No, we're not in the group. How am I not in this group? I don't think we were allowed in. Oh, it's like that, is it? Yeah, oh, it's very exclusive. Do they talk about our show in there? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these guys? <laughs> Do they also think Jujun is because they palm mute all their songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one that Zach's active in. Is he still active in that one? He started it. Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, he doesn't. I feel like I'd much rather be in the end. Than... <laughs> Me too. Mark <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I'll invite you guys right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> the check's in the mail. <laughs> we have private Discord channels that no one's in. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
<laughs> That's what I cut out nice. and put in put in a snow globe and I gave it to Jim that night. I don't Amazing. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I just totally fangirled. Oh. <laughs> God, he probably threw it away like no, the next so? day. No. No, 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 I don't know. It's in his garage. Isn't there somebody? Uh, there is somebody. I feel like on the. Uh, uh, I feel like they they have fun with that type of stuff though, because on the Believe in What You Want DVD, they're like, Oh, do you have that drawing I did of you or something? Or maybe we found it somewhere else. And yeah, it was yeah. Like, oh, it could be this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to go to the shows at the 9:30 Club where they had um, recorded the nice. the live. Concert. And Did that you was, see yourself that in the footage at all? Yes. Nice. Oh, awesome. You can tote and um, the first chorus. You can. I totally full shot of me, my That's face. Right. Like you know, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. No, because um, when it aired on MTV, I got messages from people from um, my friends from Richmond saying, okay, so I'm watching MTV and I just saw your face just pop up on the screen. I just wanted to let you know. And that's how I found out. That's amazing. When was that show? That was um, shows 25 and 26, June 4th, 2002, June 5th, 2002. Yeah, that DVD was a long time in the making because I think we found a blog post about it way back then. And then I don't think it came out for a year or two after right. that or five, yeah. Yeah. And a couple of um, the people from the message board had met up and went to that show together. Knowing that it was for an MTV special at the time. Yeah, knowing, because they had said that it was going to be for the DVD. Oh, okay. So, um, so I flew out just to, to go to those shows because, well, I had to be on the DVD. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So in the, I went to the shows with um, my Jimmy World partners in crime, Chris and Cindy, and the three of us have been to many, 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 many shows together, and we just have uh, this special friendship that started on the message board. So like back in the day when people were like, oh, where did you meet? And it was kind of like meeting people on the internet was just like <laughs> right. really, Tab yeah, taboo. totally yeah. taboo. And it's like, on a message board? I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> and they realized the content, it's for a, a band. Right, right. So, but now like people meet, you know, people on the internet all the time. So what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who are you guys? <laughs> um, so yeah, I love I love them. At this point, were you known as like the person who was like a stalwart, gonna be at most of the shows? You've racked up a large number of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like five in your pocket at this point. So my friends joke with me whenever they go to a show with me. This is like back back then, beginning of 2000, 2001. Um, they would count how many people would come to me and say, are you Joyce from the message board? <laughs> and that kind of became my new thing with my GB world friends. Joyce from the message board. That's awesome. Joyce. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was all caps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you, you never did, well, you never did the, uh, the X's with the, uh, 
uh, emo case, like up down up down. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Always all caps. Always all caps. It's funny because one of Cindy's friends sort of referring to me, who doesn't listen to Jimmy World, as all caps Joyce. All caps Joyce. All caps Joyce. That's good. Oh, okay, so yes, you are now known. Uh, did we already see the uh, Hawaii show? Are we at the Hawaii show yet? Let's see. When was the Hawaii show? That's a good question. Okay, so show 35, February 7th, 2003. We saw them in Honolulu at the Pipeline Cafe. And that concluded their tour. That concluded their, their Bleed American tour. So I was lucky enough to um, go to their... CD release show for Bleed American in Phoenix, which was on July 23rd, 2001, um, and then ended up at their last show of the tour, which my first shout out from Jim. Yeah. Oh, most A milestone. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, so my friend and I um, had somehow got our way semi towards the front of the show um, and at the end he was thanking everyone he was thanking the crew um, and then Jim was scanning the crowd and he spotted me and I was like oh we locked eyes <laughs> and he said it's only appropriate that Joyce is here at our last show and I was like oh that's me <laughs> in Honolulu in Honolulu because <laughs> they didn't know I was going to be there I didn't of tell course. them yeah, yeah. Now, uh, because this is peak message board days and all that stuff, how involved were other members? I feel like Zach was always pretty active on the message boards, but was the other was the rest of the band active on the message boards? No, I don't think okay. I ever saw. I was going to say, was there other conversations being had about you being on the shows with the being at so many shows with the band uh, outside of in person? Like, did they come up on the message boards all the time and stuff like that? I guess specifically with band members. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. No. Yeah. Zach was the only. But Zach was the the main message board guy. We joke about how like some of the early websites uh, were probably coded by Zach because he seems like the kind of guy. Like <laughs> he seems like not a technophobe. Like he seems to like want to get his hands yeah. dirty and yeah. want to be in it. Like he, I mean, you hear about like we we did a Patreon episode where we dug into the wretched desert, and it was like literally just an exercise of him wanting to learn how to be an engineer and learn how to record. And I was like, oh, I'll learn how to play bass and learn how to play guitar and yeah stuff. Yeah, why not? And it worked out well. It sounded yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we went gaga over those EPs. So, mm-hmm. um, so, okay, so that's awesome. Sweet. First shout out from Jim. Uh, what's next? You're in the mid 30s episodes and stuff like that. How long does it take for you to get to 50 unless there's a milestone in there? Um, it. 50 was in 2005. It's only two years later. Yeah. yeah, the Futures is now strong. Right. Released. Yeah. So Now at this point, this is interesting, the band is a way different band than the band that you're 50 shows in. Yeah. From the band that you originally saw that was hadn't yet played the middle live at all uh, to now they're releasing Futures. I mean, where? Uh, what's your opinion of uh, where the band has gone at this point? The biggest difference is that this show, so my 50th show, was at a big stadium. 
Whereas, whereas my first show, it was no tickets. You just stood in line. They marched your hand, and that was it. Like you paid them cash, and you walked to the door, and that was it. Like, was this one of those drink tickets? ticket shows where they went and Xerox all the drink tickets, and they were like, just tip the bartenders, but here's a bunch of free drink tickets. <laughs> Probably around Rick, that time. That's good, yeah. yeah, classic that Rick. Was, man. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we only recently learned of that story. Yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> Find the nearest uh, copy king or something. Right. King, find out what the color, yeah. What, yeah, what and then color get paper that. they needed. And then, yeah. I mean, that's some savvy. Yeah. You know, and they were like, look, we'll give you as many drink tickets as you want. Just tip them. Just yeah. tip them so they yeah. feel taken care of. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, in like five years' time, they've moved to this. Right. Yeah. So they were at the Wachovia Center in, um, in Philly, which used to be the Spectrum. Um, just huge place um, there was no way I was getting to the front of that show <laughs> at that show um, but I did get a shout out at that one because it was my they, they knew it was going to be my 50th show and so um, I went with, with Cindy my, my Jimmy World pal um, <laughs> and got to see them afterwards and we had pictures of um us holding up our finger, our hands to signify five zero that it was my fiftieth nice. yeah. show. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It was special. But it'd be funny if they did like the uh, over the hill thing where you get like a cane and like. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great though. Um, so then the next day, Cindy like, like Cindy and I cannot get enough Jimmy World. So we made the decision pretty late in the day. The next day, we're like. Let's go see them again. Okay, so they were playing in Portland, Maine. So going from Philly to then Maine was a trek. And unbeknownst to us, there was a Patriots game oh. that day. And so the traffic was horrible. Needless to say, we didn't, we got there kind of late. Like so late that... Um, there wasn't anyone in, in Will Call. Like, they were like, no, like, we're all packed yeah, up. Yeah, it's done. And then they were yeah. just like, just going. Just, like, we believe you. Just walk in. Awesome. So, so we walked in. Sick. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's so cool. Uh, Futures is out at that point, right? Because I went to what I feel like was the Futures release show at the Glass House, which is yeah. a very small room. So it's so funny that, the, like, they're, uh, the, the size of the venues that they're playing are all kind of over the place. Right. And right. that was the first time I had gone to a Jimmy Eat World show was the future show at the Glass House. And that was when I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is my band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember they, they played it um, in San Diego around the time that, that Futures was released at UCSD. And I got there and go to the, the will call and uh, tell them my name. And they're like, uh, the fire marshal says there's too many people inside so no one else can go inside. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Going in. <laughs> so... I texted someone. I, I got in. So, um, yeah. 
Like, no, I'm seeing these guys. Hell or high water, I'm yeah. getting in this yeah. What else was around that time? Uh, when Jimmy World and Take It Back Sunday played CSUN, and you didn't go. Yeah, I didn't go. But it was students only. Did you make it to that show? Oh. <laughs> Where was it? It was at Cal State Northridge. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 it, was like, I mean, it was somehow... Fake fan. I, I think whoever was running the student union at that time was like, I want to do, like, cool events for the school. And they did some cool events, but one was they got Take It Back Sunday and Jimmy World to add a tour stop. At the school for free for the students. Oh. It was so rad, and like maybe a hundred people showed up. So we're on the lawn in front of the library. I blame the advertising like, of this, and we're right up front. Like we're like, this is great. Take it back. Sunday pulled somebody up on stage to sing a song with them, and Jimmy World played. It was so rad. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was a that was yeah. a great show around that time as well. <laughs> I saw them play a, a free show at um, Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, probably the, yeah, same, the same kind of deal, yeah. Um, yeah, like, there. when was that? I think that was, like, my first year in California. Yeah, 2001. Nice. What was the occasion? Another, like, student union type of deal? Like? Yeah, it was, um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at my list, and I there's a mistake of, in terms of... Um, mm. Oh man, I have, a, I have huh? a May 5th <laughs> and then I have a May 4th. So. Oh, just out of order. But you went to those shows. No, 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 yeah, yeah, I went to the shows. But. <laughs> so now you, you've gone through 50. Yes. You did have a very special story surrounding your 75th, right? Right, so it was the release for Invented. A show in which we were both at as well? You were there too? Uh, for Invented? Yeah, What, I what like city it. was it in? Oh, yes. Palmdale? Is it Pasadena? The wrong venue. Yeah, I know. You got a video I, I, I'm in Pasadena? Uh, yeah, Pomona. Pomona. <laughs> Good old Pomona. Uh, so they were doing a special thing. If you bought the album, then you could um, go, do a, go through the line and get it signed and all that wonderful stuff. So, I mean, I always take advantage of that kind of stuff. Even it's... <laughs> Some people think it's weird. They're like, well, you know them. Can't you just, you know, get them to sign it? And it's like, but I like supporting right, them. Of course. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's I, probably cool for them. Yeah, I yeah. always want to support them. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy the album. And um, so it was my 75th show. And um, as you alluded to, I did a shout out that night um, for being 75th. At the time, I thought it was 75. Somehow with my... I don't know. It's actually 74, so whatever. <laughs> no one needs to know. <laughs> they know now. But, yeah, they do, yeah. Um, so Jim had signed it, um, 75, and he put the diamond, exclamation point. And I had asked if I could have a set list on my 100th show, and Jim said yes. And I was like, hey, everyone heard that, right? Um, so 100 has come and gone, and I have not had my set list show. They're still learning the songs, I think, is what. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Still. It was COVID. Still. Right. Yeah, that's, I, they're getting around to it. Right. <laughs> Maybe they hit some of them with the Phoenix <laughs> sessions. I don't know. So, so I'm still waiting <laughs> for my set list show. You hear that, Jim? 44 J Pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> offer a rebuttal. Otherwise, you're a lying liar who lies and says yeah. the throne of lies. <laughs> oh James Okay uh, Between the Diamond and the Century uh, Any milestone shows in there? Um, 
not so much a milestone show, but just really awesome show. So I was able to go to uh, London to see them. Wow, cool. Was that your first um, opera scene show? Yes, yes, because they were going to play Clarity and Bleed American back to back. And I mean, you have to go. Yeah, of course. So um, my husband's sister lives in London. So we had a place to stay. And so we went. And it was, I think, to date, their longest set list shows. So 28 songs. um, Because they played um, some extra songs um, after after Blue Mary. The encore, yeah. Right. So, yeah, 28 songs. Back to back nights. It's just amazing. Oh, and the coolest thing was I got to meet people from the message board that live in the UK. Hello. So um, (laughs) we had someone come from Scotland, someone from Ireland, and then um, people that lived in uh, in London. So it was so awesome. That is neat. Which show number was it? So that was 83 and 84. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that was that was great. Now, how often are you interacting with the band at these shows? Um, it depends. Um, sometimes they can hang out afterwards. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they have their you know there's a curfew and they have to be on the bus and go to the next city. So. Um, it's a treat if I get to see them afterwards. I don't, I don't ever expect it, um, but if I do get to see them afterwards, it's um, it's always special. Yeah. So I appreciate every time that I'm actually able to see them <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to um, these last shows um, in October, but um, but they knew I was there and. Um, and that's usually enough, I'm sure, as long as they know you're there. Oh, Joyce is still coming. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, that's almost acknowledgement enough yeah. that you, you don't need to go hang out yeah. with them afterwards. Well, in October, that was still, like, that was the first few shows post-COVID. Yeah. Right, stuff. yeah. Um, there was, for the, for Chain Fest, they had said that um, they weren't doing backstage passes for, mm-hmm. because of COVID, so. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But hopefully soon. So the century mark. When do we cross? So, okay. So remember they took their break in 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go so explore. I, so I was creeping up on 100 at the end of 2014. And I had gone to see them, um, let's see, in Tucson, in Tempe, and LA. Sorry, rewind. I went to go see them in DC. Um, it was October 15th, 2014. At that point, it was show 95. They were they were playing another city the next day, but I couldn't go because I had to get back to work. And. <laughs> Everyone was pressuring me to stay. Oh, man. The pressure again. Because, <laughs> You're coming tomorrow, right? <laughs> like, I think to two more shows, because I had was already planning to go to the shows in Tucson and Tempe and L.A., so I had counted 
if I had gone to two more shows on the East Coast, then I could hit 100 before 2014. And one of the members was kind of hinting like, okay, well, we're going to be on this break. We might come back. We might not come back. <laughs> like, you should probably not go to work. And I was like, I can't, I can't. Like, I can't call in sick and not actually be sick. Like, it's just not. Yeah. It's just not me. So, so I didn't. So I went home like I was supposed to. <laughs> like a good person. Right. Um, like a responsible Long adult. Long run, I would say you made the good good choice right so i had to wait a long time to get from 98 so show number 98 was november 2nd 2014 um at the club nokia i was at that one hi (laughs) (laughs) um and then i didn't get to 100 until almost two years later so october 23rd 2016 at the roxy which when they should have played your set list. They should have. And <laughs> all that time to practice, right? <laughs> to hell with the new record. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it was, I don't even know how I pulled this off. I actually got all of them to sign my ticket stub from the 100th show because I was going to be seeing right. them three more times. <laughs> it was actually, so I was able to get it done. So I was quite proud of myself. Um, because it's very difficult to get, number one, to get all four of them after a show at the same time. So since I've seen them since 1999, I only have three photographs of all of us together. Because it's so hard to get them all together in one spot after a show. But so, and I love those three. Unless you grab them right when they're walking up. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Coming down the stairs, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Another show that I was at. I was at 70, that was at the Diamond, and I was at the Center. Yeah, look at you, man. It's so so funny now just meeting other fans and um, just talking about shows. And they're like, oh, I was at that show. (laughs) And then I go to the list. I'm like, oh, that was numbered blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Apparently, so someone I had just met um, in October at um, when we went to the the Shane Reaction show. Mike insists that I punched him in the pit like years ago. He's like, I know it was you. I don't know if it was me. I can't. I, can, I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> we're just saying it's me just to have a funny story sure which is is so funny so if you look at my instagram profile it says i like to punch things <laughs> parentheses bags because i like to box and so he screenshotted it and he's like see it was you you like oh, to geez. punch things. <laughs> this is your mo to laugh about it now yeah <laughs> We were at the same Chargers game, too. So crazy. <laughs> That's good. That's rich. Rich. Okay, so now, what was the last time we saw the band? Was what, Chain Fest, or since then you've seen them? It was Chain Fest. Chain Fest, okay. So October 23rd, 2021. Yeah. Also, my birthday. Oh, man. Look at you. <laughs> All the like, shows you went to. My yeah. sister's birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, sis. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, no, 
No, there are tour dates. What do you? Uh, what shows are you going to on this like with dashboard now? <laughs> so they announced this tour, and it's smack dab in the freaking heart of March Madness. And if anyone, oh, oh yeah, who knows me, <laughs> I love college basketball, and you cannot make any plans with me in the month of March because I can't commit to anything because I'm either going to be. A, watching basketball, B, watching basketball in person <laughs> at the tournament. No, that's it, A and B. There you go. <laughs> usually, and it's usually the other way around because- um, You'll go. If um, if my school is has made it to the tournament, I'm always there the first week, the first uh, weekend. So um, I'm actually going to their conference tournament in March, so that's gonna be. Um, <laughs> I'm so bummed because they're playing two nights in the cave. Yeah, I hear that. that in what? Tennessee, that sounds really cool. Yeah, and I want to go so bad, yeah. but it's like it's in the middle of this tournament, and it's like my my two loves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> college basketball and Jimmy World. Um, Maybe they'll have day games in one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's possible I might be able to make two. I can't. Um, it just depends on what happens. Yeah. With, um, That's with a great game. lineup. I'm with excited for Dashboard's new record. Yeah. It's yeah, got you are excited about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like a good lineup. I'm actually surprised they scheduled this tour. Me too, but if you look, all of the locations are insanely low tolerance uh, COVID rules, yeah. <laughs> COVID restrictions. <laughs> it's true. All of those, uh, all of the cities are pretty, uh, pretty uh, lax open. on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's probably why there's no West Coast states. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. What, that's what I guess. Yeah. Right. Too strict. Yeah. So I'm hoping I would love to see the show. Right, I'm hoping it comes. And, and yeah, and that's what we talked about. They're, they're, we're going to go together. Lindsay and I are going to go if they tour out here on the West yeah. Coast. And I even told Addison and Kayla, I was like, "Oh man, they're doing the show. They haven't announced dates yet. If they come to LA, you guys should come down." Yeah, <laughs> it'll be worth it. Still might happen. Okay. I'm not passing up. So, wow, what a whirlwind! Uh, and you don't. I mean, here's the thing: is you drove up to talk to Justin and I at a bar here in LA, and you live down in San Diego. So, like, you sound like you're not stopping anytime soon. This seems like a, a, a nothing deal for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because um, something came up on my um, my Facebook memories, and I don't know when it's from, but um, my mom was asking me why I was going to some city, and I mentioned I was going to go see Jimmy Eat World, and sure, she goes. You still do that? <laughs> right? <laughs> 30 years later. <laughs> like, people in my work know, everyone, like everyone at work knows that I go see Jimmy World. So, um, so I'm a registered nurse. So even the doctors I work with know about this band and that I go see them. That's what's up. This one doctor, he, always, he goes, it's B, B, and B. Band, basketball, bears. Because I love because I love polar bears. Got it. And I went up to Canada to go um, to go see polar bears That's in the awesome. wild. Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. No emaciated polar bears. I, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is this is in 2010. Um, but yeah, you just they take you in the middle of the tundra, and you go 
That's awesome. Watch polar bears. It's in their habitat, and it's just amazing. That's right. So if you have an opportunity, go to the Tundra Buggy <laughs> in Churchill, Manitoba, Canada. Worth it, huh? <laughs> it's so worth it. It yeah. was just a once in a lifetime. Now, if only Jimmy trip. would do a tour stop there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and get an excuse Could to you go imagine? Date trip. Classic Manitoba stuff. Oh man, classic. <laughs> we got to do the Polar Bear Expo. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. This was probably before your show. The Tower Record Show, the Duran Duran Tribute Show. I think that was 97. So, so I have... Um, so, no, I did not go to that. So, I have Show Zero. Oh. So, um, Mineral was opening up for Sensefield. Two bands I love. This is a 97. And I'm in the back, just looking at merch. And there's a band playing that's not Mineral and not Sensefield. Come to find out, that band is Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And apparently, I had picked up one of their stickers and I had put it on a journal that I was writing in at the time. So years later, I see this journal. And I'm like, how the hell did I get this sticker? Where, like, what is this from? And I was like, oh, huh. That's funny. Show Zero. So Show Zero. That's great. Now, uh, I suppose you can admit it here on the pod, but your husband saw the band before you. When did he first see the band? So, (laughs) he lived in Phoenix for a couple years. He likes to remind me of this fact. Not all the time, but like, it comes up. Right. (laughs) So he saw them in 1994. So right. <laughs> so, so early. Five years before me. Yeah. Now, does he have a show count? A, a, a number of shows that he's seen? Um, he's seen them a lot. Yeah. I'd have to go to my list and just sure, yeah. just um, <laughs> which just ones were you exactly? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of so. I kind of rubbed off on him in terms of like traveling to go see um, performers. Um, so his two favorite bands are The Descendants and then Elvis Costello. So wow. I've gone with him to see Elvis Costello so many times, <laughs> which is awesome because he's such a great performer yeah. and um, just plays forever. Like his shows are so long. <laughs> I say that as you stare off into the distance. They're so long. His shows are so, so long. Because <laughs> well, he has his his catalog is so yeah. huge. Yeah. Like he's got so many songs. Yeah. But also a like a, such a great performer. Yeah. So good. So Has good. he or you uh, both of you met him? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No. Anybody from the Descendants? <laughs> um, he he knows them somehow. I don't know oh, how, okay. but he does. He used so to play the drums. Then recently you got your uh, arm tattoo. I did. Which looks sick, by the way. Yes. Thanks. The stitch, stitch look. Yeah, yes. the, the, the patch tattoo, which um, I've always I've always known that I wanted a Jimmy Eat World tattoo. I just didn't know um, what the execution was going to be. And um, some of my friends had shown me um, this tattoo artist that does um, patch tattoos. Unfortunately, he is in Brazil. Oh, wow. But if you, his stuff is amazing. Like it's, it literally like pops in terms of 
like I'll have to show it to you. Um, but I was able, so I was like, well, I need to find someone that's closer than Brazil to get yeah. this patch. Because I figured, I was like, if I'm going to get a band tattoo, um, I think it would be cool for it to be a patch. Because, you know, the bands have patches. Um, so I wasn't able to find anyone in San Diego, but I was able to find someone um, in L.A. And uh, reached out and got an appointment. Got in, drove up, got the tattoo. The rest is history. And you chose it in purple. Yes, because purple is my favorite color. Okay. All right, I thought yeah. so. Yeah. I remember looking at the pictures when you got it done, yeah. and it looked so like I like felt like I could reach out and touch arm. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. it, it I yeah. think it turned out good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like it. So, because I, I was originally gonna um, get some surviving artwork, and then I was thinking, because I I really like surviving. But I really like Chase's life. I was like, how can I... Thank you. How... By the way, thank you. Okay, I get it. I'm not, I don't have anything against it. <laughs> no, no, not you. But I do feel like when I tell people, like when people tell me what's your favorite album and I go, Clarity, Chase's life, and everybody's like, oh, hmm. that high up, huh? I'm like, have you heard it? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably my one and my two, yeah. yeah. So, That's great. Wow. Um, so but yeah, it... I wanted to get... So I was like, well, I'll just get... The something for Chase's life. So yeah, that's right. And I love it. So I let's that's a good segue as we do ask our guests what what's your favorite record, and then what's your favorite song. So Clarity is my favorite, mm -hmm. and then Call It in the Air is my favorite favorite song. Right. Just love it. So um, when they toured in 2002, it was on their set list consistently, mm -hmm. and I was it was. So they, they were playing in Philly, and they started playing it, and so Cindy and I just go crazy. We just yeah. go nuts, and we're jumping up and down. And so after the show, Zach said something that he he, he termed it. He that we were pogo sticking. Yeah, that's just so excited, huh? Because we were just jumping up so high <laughs> when they started playing it. So that's yeah. right. So that's also like whenever they go on social media, they're like, "So what songs do you want to hear?" All the yeah. time, <laughs> called in the air. I think I, I think every time when I say it, I go called in the freaking air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting. What is it about that specific song? Is it the lyrics that speak to you? Is it the music that moves it's, you? Is it? It's both the yeah. lyrics and music. Yeah, and I like stars. So. Yeah, and then this song in particular that this is going with this interview is going with the Claire episode, which I think we're probably going to have to record another night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, but uh, with the songs that we have left, you chose Claire specifically. Is there anything specific about the song Claire uh, that sticks with you? or Because you had already done Called Year. Right. Right. Claire... Is it before Call the yep, Air? Right. And then just the, whenever they've performed the songs back to back, it's just live. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. We've right. talked about um, oh, they do the same uh, Green Day. Like, yeah, you kind of can't listen to, what is it, Brain Stew without listening to yeah, uh, the other one that yeah, yeah. comes after Brain Stew. <laughs> right. Because on the album, there's like barely any. Yeah. It's just the feedback. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it's just. And that's and the other thing. It just goes right into it. Bands don't do that anymore because it's a playlist. It's such a playlist culture and right. it just doesn't 
flow well if you do that in right. a playlist setting. Yeah. But I wish I wish fans did that. Yeah, yeah brains doing jaded. Just jaded, if anyone's yelling at their yeah. Some <laughs> Green Day fan is on the choice is at a five on the choice. Yeah. Wait, people people yell at your podcast? Yeah, yeah. What? Apparently so. Apparently so. Pomona. Ah, uh, you think you'd get Pomona? It's J June. <laughs> Not know the banjo too. Oh, the passion, the passion. <laughs> We're learning. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the first episode, few episodes. <laughs> I will give that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I guess we can get self-centered a little bit. How did you find the podcast, and what did you think the first time you listened to? Yeah. <laughs> How many minutes did you last? <laughs> um, probably from. The Facebook group, the fans group. Okay. Wow. Because um, we don't post a lot about no. the show. We try to not. Sherry, I think, does. Sherry does some nice organic. Yeah. Uh, right. Sharing. Sherry was actually the one that mentioned that I was in the Chase of Slate episode. Um, so I was driving from Richmond to New Jersey. I needed something to listen to. Had <laughs> three hours to kill. <laughs> I guess I can get so, one episode in. I was like. <laughs> time just yelling <laughs> I'm kind of happy it's also kind of sad I, you know what and from your perspective when I've tuned into Blink 182 podcast it's to criticize but I can't stop listening like yeah. maybe it's the same relationship yeah, have where it's like eh, it's cute these people are doing yeah. that thing they try for them they're trying <laughs> give them a cracker yeah <laughs> But no, I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast because I think the content is so interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think people want to hear it. So, um, so thank you. Oh yeah. It's it's. I think it's a fun. It's it's twofold. I think it's fun to have a. Obviously, anybody can go out and Google the things that we've Googled. I do think over the course, somebody just recently asked us, somebody just found us, and this is the fun part, is we try to keep the show evergreen, so that when you find us on episode 119, you can say, oh, I love Jimmy World. I don't know that I can listen to 240 hours of Jimmy World podcast, but, oh, they've done all these songs, I can find my favorite ones and see right. what they said about it. They can it. choose. And, and okay, they talked a lot about Jurassic Park on this one, but <laughs> also they talked about the guy that played xylophone on this one. Right. And, you know, is it Zach or Tom playing the accordion? Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. There was a Little Mermaid. Did you, did you go on a Little Mermaid tangent at one point? So oh, probably. probably. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> X tangent, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> little Mermaid. I'm sure. I'm trying to I think if we did, did we right. do a rave DJ with a Little Mermaid song. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't put it past me. It was me something too. Disney. Was it? Well, I used to have a Disney podcast. Was my first podcast for okay. so, so Disney comes up. Oh. Was it Fantasmic? It was we fan- Oh my gosh. So yes. the one podcast that we've done in person. <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. <laughs> the one podcast we did in person. Something in the song reminded me of Fantasmic, which got me showing Justin the finale of Fantasmic at Disneyland. Yeah. And David and was describing like, it oh. with fireworks. Oh, the fireworks here, and he's doing this, and blah, blah, blah. And I do a lot of that. I yeah. That, so. <laughs> that was a joy. So you might end this right now when I say this. So I've lived in San Diego, Southern California for 21 years, and I've never been to Disneyland. I'm not going to end it. Well, I will say 
it's tough because like I was talking to somebody who's like the you of the Blink community and I actually met with him here actually um, his name is Davy Jones and he's like die hard he went to all like Cheshire Cat Dude Ranch shows in San Diego area and all that stuff and he is also a huge Disneyland fan and I was just talking to him about if I ever had a time machine I go to Disneyland 1985 because Tomorrowland felt like Tomorrowland whereas Tomorrowland now feels kind of like eh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, like Tomorrowland felt optimistic and futuristic like now it's like so full of IP it's just a different thing than the thing I fell in love with so I'm I'm in love with a patchwork version of the thing that I fell in love with versus like I don't know what somebody's first time at Disneyland right now would be like yeah it's such a weird thing do you want to see the Star Wars side of Disneyland or do you want to see the Walt Disney side of Disneyland because right. I could take you to all of those things there are things in the park that are still those things like I took Wes in to go watch great moments with Mr. Lincoln last time and I think he had a great time so I've been to Disney World. Oh, that's great. It's much larger. Yeah. Yeah. And Epcot. <laughs> Epcot's my favorite. Epcot's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> I've described Epcot on the pod yeah. to Justin. It's a figure eight. Uh, the front yeah. part's Future World. The back part is the World Showcase. And the American Pavilion is, like, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we actually went, My it was my mom and my dad, and we went on New Year's Eve. And then the, the fireworks show was just yeah, ama- sure. like to die for, just amazing. <laughs> and then it took two hours to get to our car. Oh man! After the fireworks, that's nuts! Wow, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, you had to park at the back, man, like Park Griswold. Well, it's funny because like when I've gone to Disney World, I'm only taking the bus system that they have there between the resorts. So like, yeah, I couldn't imagine like having to drive and park and figure that out figure that out there because it's like it's a whole world into it it's all, you sure. enter Disney World and it just looks like Swampland around you you're not really anywhere yet right. you have to get to a park yeah to, yeah. yeah we had driven from Richmond so wow that's cool and you, and you didn't stay on property you stay like somewhere no. nearby <laughs> No. I do. My I parents do, are Asian. Well, <laughs> I do like to tell. It's a little too expensive. <laughs> I do like to tell people at least West Coast Disneyland people, and they're like, "Oh, I've never been to Disney World. It's too expensive." I was like, "It's actually cheaper than Disneyland. Like Disneyland's so insanely overpriced because there's so many annual pass holders here versus oh, right. there. It's all tourists, and so they have so many resorts and so many hotels there. You can get a hotel there for like a hundred bucks a night." Which is expensive. It's not cheap. But for a Disney hotel, like, that's insane. Like, we yeah. stayed at Disneyland Hotel one night for Wes's birthday. It was like $400. It was insane. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, like, like traveling and then, like, you can do, like, the longer you stay, the cheaper it is. So it's like, oh, I'm going to do a week at Disney World. It's really probably cheaper than staying a night and a half or, you know, two nights right. with two park hoppers at Disneyland. So, but. So this is in 94. So while I was at Disney, my husband was probably watching Jimmy Eat World. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at the band going, I'm going to use this one day. I'm going to really I don't know use how, this experience. I don't know. But I'm going I'm to put this in my back pocket. <laughs> well, Justin, is there anything else that we want to hound Joyce about before we ask her to come back on the pod because we've forgotten something? Um, this is going to happen, Joyce. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Is there anything else you'd like to say to uh I'm joking. <laughs> oh gosh oh wait really I was gonna ask about Adam Thomas Adam Heath no oh I was gonna ask what you thought about the Static Prevails rock opera theory if you're familiar with it at all 
I'm vaguely familiar with okay. it, but I'm not. Okay, that's what that's the atom I thought you were. Okay, no, and it no, but triggered the thing. The, Love line. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Let me tell you about red lights. <laughs> I save so much time making a run, making a left on red. I'd rather get the ticket. The one time I get a ticket, and I'll tell the guy, yeah, "Come on." <laughs> so, um, in terms of adding shows to my list, my I had a question for the band. Mm. About if those those streams from last year counted towards my my total. Ah, yeah. Oh, this is good. So I asked it during my meet and greet, and so everyone except for one person was on board with right. counting them to my to my to my show total, and you can cool. you can play the audio. Okay, all right, we'll play that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll cue that in here. Rick had a good question. Do these streams count towards my show total? I think so. I yeah. think so. You're, you're paying for an experience. I am paying show. for experience. <laughs> so how was it? It should. But I said, come on, it should totally count. Tom. Tom is vetoing it. <laughs> the thing is, I think Tom is, is, it's like three to one, so Tom loses. Yeah. yeah. No, it has to be in person. I'm just kidding, Joyce. <laughs> Such a dick. Um, I still think majority rules with that. No, with, in, in, a, yeah. in a company of four, three of which say yay. Yes. That means we go forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I already typed it on my list. I was going to say, <laughs> I think it's more up to you. At this point, then, the band has said yay. It's up to you. Do you feel yeah. like it counts? I feel like it counts. Did, yeah. it, did those shows going public on YouTube make you feel any sort of way or no? I was just happy that they that everyone else could watch them. Yeah, yeah. That didn't purchase them. Yeah, good. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Because I want everyone to listen to this. Sure. Show. All right. Yeah, you don't want to hold them. You don't want to no, 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 no. Because people need to know. <laughs> right. I'm so How used good to they are the blank and community is so gatekeepy. Like, so I'm very used to people being like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> No, I want everyone to know the goodness that is Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I guess uh, this isn't this. Is, I thought of this earlier, but I didn't think of a way to ask it. So Jimmy World played Tom DeLonge's wedding. Why didn't they play your wedding? Because my wedding wasn't actually a wedding. <laughs> ah, there we go. So literally the night before we got married, I was like. Um, I wonder what it takes to get a license. <laughs> That's how it started, and huh? And so we went on the site and like, oh, well, you can make an appointment for a license, but you can't make an appointment for an actual, for the ceremony. So um, I just have to call tomorrow because you couldn't make online uh, reservations at the time either. So I called the next day, got an appointment to get a license and I called him up and was like, this is our appointment time. I'll pick you up. We'll head down there. <laughs> got her license and we got wow. married. It's magic. Nice. How are at your parents' house? <laughs> oh, they were fine. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, we made all the phone calls. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. Got home. It doesn't matter how it's done. Hey, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> what you got to do is get uh, a Jim or Tom to get ordained. And yeah. then at any of the shows, that'll be your. Because at this point, maybe you haven't had an actual ceremony. We had a, um, his, um, as our wedding gift to us, his parents threw us a party. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. A couple months later. Okay. Okay. So, but still, either Jim or Tom yeah. should get ordained. And, it's uh, true. 
or Rick or Zach. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, sure. Yeah. I can see Zach performing that. Yeah. He seems uh, he, he seems to be the most like of uh, still in the church. Yeah. Not that the well, church is important, but like right. I don't put it past him that he's been ordained and probably has performed yeah. uh, someone's wedding at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll do that instead of my my set list. Well, maybe we could do both. Yeah. Maybe they both. Yeah. yeah. That's how they culminate at the, at the very end. Yeah. Like, wait, Joyce, we know you've been waiting like a long a time song. for this. Yeah. <laughs> is there Probably a Jimmy practicing. World song? Is uh, like your song? Oh, with for your me and my husband? Yeah. No, no, okay. no, because no. he only listens to the or he only goes to the shows because I'm going to the show. And because the like roommate used to like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he appreciates their music, but he's. I mean, as far as like being a fan like me, there's you know. <laughs> no comparison. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I'm tapped out on yeah. questions. Unless yeah. there's anything you can think of, is there anything is there anything you want to plug? Do you have a, a counter podcast that you're going to do? <laughs> yeah. A podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. A reaction video to, yeah. uh, to your episodes. I'm all for it. I hope after this conversation, it's communicated within the OG fan community that we're just dudes. Yeah, we're just, we're just yeah, we're just dudes doing our best. We're not trying <laughs> yeah. to step on Having a good time learning about the band. Yeah, sharing their greatness, like you said. We want everyone to experience how good they are. Yeah, yeah. And Only I, because my in my head canon, it's just eye rolls from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All in the day, OG every minute. People yeah. yelling at the radio. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Joyce. That was thank you. a lot of fun well, to go through. Fun. This your, is a great night. Yeah. yeah, your 119 shows. Yeah. Hopefully in March, 120, 121. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. And Atkins, you're on notice, man. Yeah, man. Come time. on, dude. That's two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 